0: Good news, everyone. Talking Futurama is coming back for Talking Futurama Season 2, Part 2.
1: Fresher than a summer ham. This podcast comes every Friday. And if you sign up at the $5 level at patreon.com slash talking simpsons, you can hear each episode as it goes live.
0: That's right. Sign up today at patreon.com slash talking simpsons for $5 to hear Talking Futurama every Friday throughout the rest of 2020 and also all the previous episodes we've done so far.
1: So head over to patreon.com slash talking simpsons now or we're going to clamp you.
2: Shut up and take my money. I heartily endorse this event or product.
0: Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons where it's always Big Gorilla Week. I'm your host, successful escapee from Grandma's house, Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of the Simpsons who is here with me today as
1: always. uh, Why it's Henry Gilbert we're two grown men who can't get enough of each other.
0: It's true, and who do we have on the line? My name's Casey Green, but please call me Papa. (laughs) And today's episode is Bart Gets an F.
3: You haven't been paying attention to a word I said, have you? Yes, ma'am. Well then what did I say? Uh. Train fly ride? <laughs> well, that was a lucky
0: guess. <laughs> Today's episode aired on October 11th, 1990, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. <gasps>
1: Oh, boy, Bobby, a uh, favorite of yours. The Secret of Monkey Island is released on personal computing Ooh. machines. Troll Ooh. 2 is released in theaters. Great. Wow. And, uh, and Leonard Bernstein dies. The uh, the REM lyric. Yes. And uh, I'm sure he did other things in his life as well.
0: <laughs> it was the so, end of the world for him. I honestly do not know who that is. <laughs>
1: Uh, I mean, no, I could Google and pretend, but I, Com- I'm
0: not some composer that. style man. <laughs>
4: he was in an REM song. That's his claim to
0: fame. <laughs> he invented those famous <laughs> bears we all love, right? Yeah, that's right. the Bernstein bears. <laughs>
1: uh, but uh, Troll Two, one of the great bad movies of yeah. all time. Mm. Been a while
4: since I've seen that all the way through, just as as it is, not riff tracks or anything. Mm.
1: I
0: want to throw this out here as a question for everybody out here, uh, and I know they're very different movies, but what is your better bad movie, Troll Two or the? room
1: oh boy all right my personal pick is the room because I think the central figure is the most interesting person in Mm. in those films and also like I don't have to watch a child go through a bad filming which I feel that that, uh, borders more on abuse than adults making a bad film how
0: do you feel Casey
4: Uh, I'm, I'm probably in the same boat I've seen the room more times just because it's so wild and Tommy Wiseau as a figure as as a central figure in himself is just so fascinating but i can't deny that i have that kid's line read of oh my god stuck in my head for the rest of my goddamn life
0: And uh, Nilbog no is Goblin spelled backwards, as we all know. But uh, I, I don't know. For me, I think like the Room is more interesting if you know about Tommy Wiseau. But going into a blind, I think the Room is a less interesting movie because uh, you forget before you watch that movie. There's a lot of sex scenes in that movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, that could be a lot to sit through if you are a newcomer to the Room, <laughs> and they're they're all front loaded too in that movie. I
1: I will say Troll Tube might have been uh, the Room script is ridiculous. Of like it's it, they told me it's definitely cancer. Lines like that, but Troll Two has even more. Every line a person says to another person is like, "This is impossible." No, yeah, no, no one would ever write this in English ever.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's worth a rewatch for me. I think Troll (laughs) Two.
1: Our friends at OSW Review actually did just a fun uh, uh, look back at Troll 2 as well. So uh, check that out on the YouTube.
0: And Secret of Monkey Island. uh, uh, Check out, I did a Retronauts about that uh, probably a little over a year ago. I'm going through all of the LucasArts Adventure games again for that podcast series. And uh, yes, revisited it recently and still a fantastic game. Happy 30th birthday. Mm
1: Yeah, you're you're a monkey islandologist, Bob. Mm-hmm. You're, you know all about it.
0: Me and my future wife <laughs> are our <are>, uh, partners <laughs> in our monkey studies.
1: Uh, but hey, welcome back to Casey Green We're here hey. again for us coming back to the second season. Yes, last season yeah. uh,
0: on Krusty Gets Busted, which is uh, uh, it's it's like the was it the last production episode of season uh, yes, one? Okay, yep. so we are just like picking up right from there with oh, this episode,
4: yeah. the sequel to Krusty Gets Busted. Martin uh, becomes cool. <laughs> that was
0: the working title for this.
4: <laughs> and... I got my busted crusty right here looking at me. Still uh... my little figure, I, I swore I'd buy and I did. Man, and I got... got my Martin right at the right next, just so I so I know which ones I'm here at.
1: You must have bought that like six months ago at the time of this recording. <laughs> yeah, it was right the
4: bigger beginning of fucking 2020. I did want to add a little
0: programming note in case you guys missed our uh, previous uh, yes. podcast update. So, in case you missed it, we had a poll. Uh, we asked uh, folks out there, do you want us to do season two or season 12? Uh, season two won by a landslide, but we decided to mix things up this year. We're going to be going back and forth between season two and season 12 on a weekly basis. So. Uh, this week, it's going to be obviously Barkats and F. Then next week, it's season 12's 4 11. And then the week after that, it's season 2's uh, Simpson and Delilah and so on until we get through both of these seasons.
1: Probably till the start of 2022. So we, we know what we're doing on the Talking Simpsons podcast until at least then. And, uh, and I mean, because, you know, I, our season two originals, they still exist, but uh, we we didn't do the history, the deep dive service that, that we love to do. And, and we couldn't talk to cool guys like professional cartoonist Casey Green about it. Yeah, I love getting Fs. Uh, well, I'm all about it. So so where were you, Casey, on the night of Thursday, October 11th, 1990? 1990. I was
4: uh, three years old. Mm. I was probably in the house. I don't remember. <laughs> and not paying attention to The Simpsons. Putting really. things
0: uh, in your mouth, I'm guessing. <laughs> putting
4: things in my mouth that I shouldn't be. Uh, don't remember The Simpsons. But this one got a lot of play in like um, syndication. So mm-hmm. like, I, I, I remember this episode a lot no this is a great this is a solid episode you yeah. know not to give away what i feel but this
0: is this is a really good one yeah i mean we'll get into it but there was a, a six month uh drought of simpsons episodes between the last one and this one mm. so all of us kids that were not putting things in our mouths as often as you were casey <laughs> we were ready for this
1: mm-hmm. we I were ready to figure out which one was in my mouth right now, <laughs> which
4: one
0: could fit
1: i i was an eight-year-old bouncing off of the walls waiting for more simpsons like i've been <laughs> i've been waiting all summer the and it was like the summer of bart mania and i look back on it now and i can see the marketing push towards christmas is beginning all of this stuff is starting to show up in toy stores and all the commercials they couldn't get a video game ready in time nope. for, for christmas but Shucks. all the other stuff start they with, should have come along
0: given that space mutants game another six months yeah. to cook <laughs>
1: if it, if, you, if you can't hit christmas then just get then get it out in the next christmas yeah then. yeah
0: But, uh, yeah, it's a big deal for The Simpsons because The Simpsons are going to Thursdays. Yes. Just as exciting Ah as Delaware. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah, this whole week, I guess we should start with the battle with bill cosby yes yeah. and question up front about this
0: henry <laughs> i wasn't quite sure about this but who struck the first blow was it cosby or was it fox because fox uh, was really playing it up mm. over the summer
1: yes yeah so i absolutely think it was fox from reading i read like four different news stories for it i signed up for a free subscription to the latimes.com to read their archive story on it uh <laughs> but yeah the the sense i got from it was that Over the summer of 1990, Fox executives decide that they are going to go to Thursday. So in 1990, Thursday nights were already, this is before Seinfeld, but Thursday night is already NBC's comedy night anchored by cosby and then cheers Mm. cheers has actually started to surpass cosby as the nine o'clock show but the cosby show is the start of the night at eight o'clock and nobody challenged it and on top of that fox didn't have a thursday night block then like they were looking to expand sunday was their night and i believe friday as well so they were looking to expand into thursday start making even more programming and i think from there from the barry diller executive vision of it was you put your biggest hottest show of last year onto your new night of thursday and make that your big new show and that puts you against bill cosby and so they decide we're going to only amplify that and be like this is like definitely the marketing push i got from reading all those articles and seeing the cover stories was from the start on the fox side was this is about the changing america it's Mm -hmm. not bill cosby's anymore as the show enters its eighth season it's bart simpson's now And, and then I get the sense that at a certain point, Bill Cosby realized that I can get a bunch of press if I answer this question in interviews. So he was totally going for it Mm -hmm. as well. So yeah, that's what I think.
0: And the commentary for this episode, which I've heard, I don't know, 80 times in my life at this point, these (laughs) DVDs are now uh, like 18 years old, but uh, like 40% of the commentary is about this. Yeah. And then James L. Brooks shows up and they start talking about it again. (laughs) And universally, everyone on the show hated it. They went from a show in the top 10 to a show that was fighting to survive. If you go to like any article like what are the 10 most watched Simpsons episodes they're all in the first season in the first three of the second season after that mm-hmm. it, they're like in the 20s the 30s the 40s the yeah. 50s and, and so on like this this kicked the show out of the top 10
1: yeah it, it really damaged them uh, at the time but I guess you know for Fox and a lot of other folks uh, in charge of the Simpsons I think they thought it was just a fad anyway it's the new Alf and after three years it'll be done so let's use it for all we can in the big second season. And uh, yeah, hearing them on the commentary, I liked hearing Matt Groening say, I was against it, but then I found out what it really sounded like to be against it when James L. Brooks <laughs> was yelling at Barry Tiller.
0: That that sounds awesome. Yeah, so uh, Simpson and Delilah was the last one to be in the top ten. The oh, week after damn. that, uh, Trios of 1 was 24th. Mm, so damn. that's how far this, the show slid. So what Cosby did was uh, this uh, this episode was pitted against the episode uh, Period of Adjustment in which the Cosby show added a hip new Roy style character, yes. uh, <laughs> a teen character, <laughs> a, a a hip cousin that would exist for the rest of the series like cosby knew what he was doing we were trading articles back and forth where cosby's like the show's going to be hipper and newer we hired more women there's a more like youth oriented angle we're going to be cool so here is the summary of period of adjustment by wikipedia only part of it because it goes on too long frankly but uh, uh claire's teenage cousin pam tucker moves into the huxtable home triggering a period of adjustment for all concerned Although she appreciates the upscale surroundings, Cliff and Claire's rules really cramp her style. <laughs> it kind of sounds like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which also debuted oh, that year on yeah. NBC.
1: Well, it just feels and like a, his answer to bel A Bel-Air. much more fun show. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Pam was played by Eric Alexander of Living Single, mm-hmm. and uh, who who was, uh, I think her most recent like big role was in Get Out. She was the the cop who wouldn't listen to Little Rel about uh, his missing mm-hmm. friend.
0: And yeah, so this placed number two against Cosby. Cosby was number one.
1: It was so close to a tie. It was really close in numbers.
0: And uh, this is the most watched Simpsons episode ever at 33.6 million viewers.
1: Amazing. Amazing. In it, like, its entire run? Ever. Yeah. Ever. And it wow. probably ever will be because like nothing, yeah. the Super Bowl now is excited to get 33 million. You know, like, okay. nah, I think those get actually like 100 million. But uh, the Game of Thrones, the big Game of Thrones finale, 18 million. And know? the
0: three factors were The drought over the summer and the early fall, the, uh, you know, the intense hype and the fad of The Simpsons and also Fox playing up this battleground angle between The Simpsons and Cosby. Like that, all of these factors led to this being the most watched episode of all time in the history of the show
1: there were a lot of interesting the two most interesting articles i read in the bart versus bill headlines was both in late august because uh the timeline to think about here was this october 11th episode was the first new one to go against cosby but starting with reruns of the telltale head in august 23rd they'd been on thursday night for almost two months uh, at this point. so, so they're so,
0: prepping the audience for that yeah i see
1: so that's why the articles started in late august uh and the like the seattle times one uh talked more to the simpsons folks and uh, the behind the scenes people i think my favorite was sam simon going like you want to talk about the cosby thing don't <laughs> you fine we'll talk like i think he knew it was just a marketing thing but i uh, then on the august thirty. 30- first issue of their entertainment weekly that is the one with bill cosby on the cover wearing a bart simpson t-shirt that says yo bill on it
0: and normally we will play the anti-death jingle for celebrities nearing their end but not for him certainly not no, no he's looking pretty bad in prison <laughs>
1: oh yeah and i enjoy it it's uh i was that cover supposed to be a burying of
4: the hatchet or something uh
1: well not based on the uh lines here i i have the uh, bill cosby said <laughs> Ooh. TV should be moving in a direction from the Huxtables forward, not backward. The mean-spirited and cruel think this is the edge and their excuse is that's the way people are today. But why should we be entertained by that?
0: god so, and kids don't know what the jazz is all about.
1: I know, it's uh well also like his 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 moralizing is even worse to hear now, uh, obviously.
4: I think I've ever seen an episode of the, uh, the Cosby show and like I, I guess I know it was popular, but I just didn't I don't I don't quite comprehend its popularity. It was it was season Eight by the time this came around. How long did that show last completely?
0: Well, this was season seven, I believe, and uh, eight was the last one. Right, so right, the 91 oh, okay. 92 season was the last one. And I'll admit, I, I love The Cosby Show. Mm-hmm. I watched it, I watched it in reruns like up through the early 2000s. Uh, I mm-hmm. thought it was a great show, and the people on The Simpsons did as well. They didn't want this to happen. They're like, Cosby is doing his thing. We're doing our thing, mm. and it's really funny to see Cosby uh, attacking the show so much because in this episode, Bart is like the sweetest, most like pure version of Bart who just <laughs> wants to try. He's not like the character who's in league with Satan in two years from this episode. Yeah.
1: yeah well this episode also feels like a repudiation of what people thought bart was like it is this uh in our, our john vd interview about season one and season two is his time on there like he was reflecting on it as as they made bart swear less not because they felt you know moral pressure but because their friends were saying thanks for teaching my kid the word like damn like and now he knows how to say it that Bart says in there and they so they self-censored because of that so I think that's and I mean too this episode like directly references t-shirts that were being sold by the millions of Bart yeah
0: the, the scandalous t-shirt and yeah, yeah more on <laughs> more on Thursday so uh, the fall of 94 was a big deal for the Simpsons they, that's when they entered syndication and that is when the show went back to Sunday nights with Bart of Darkness the season yeah. 6 premiere so
1: finally it, they uh, they spent four freaking seasons on there I was so happy when it moved to Sundays and I think that's when I started watching Seinfeld because I couldn't I wasn't a viewer of Seinfeld until the Simpsons were off the same oh, night as them you just unlocked
0: <laughs> something in my brain that's <laughs> when I started watching Seinfeld as well
1: I uh, yeah it's uh, well and also uh, their last thing about Thursday night is I looked up the two shows that debuted with it on their big Thursday night launch. One was Beverly Hills 90210, which giant Ooh. hit. Lasted a long time and just had a comeback, too. The other uh, one is the half-a-season uh, wonder, Babes.
0: I, I was a Babes viewer. <laughs> Wendy yeah. Jo Sperber was never funnier.
1: I'm yeah. sorry. You've babes? Never, <laughs> you've never heard of Babes? Well, it's about a bunch of uh, big-bodied babes who were uh, rocking it in the <laughs> the big city. It's What if it, there
0: were three Roseannes? Yes,
1: what if there were three <laughs> Roseannes who lived? It's, it's kind of funny. And it was uh, produced by Dolly Parton. It was a Dolly oh, Parton Series, so. I
0: remember my friends and I trading babes quips on the <laughs> playground. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> uh,
1: they well, they were they were uh, you know large bodied ladies who would who would make light of their size. I uh, sadly, I believe two of the three babes are no longer with us. Mm. But uh, uh, and but,
0: yeah. one one last note for me on this episode. So uh, very smart. This is the third production episode. It goes uh, in order of production. It goes uh, Mr. Burns from Mayor. I'm not saying the entire name of the title <laughs> until we get to it. We have Simpson and Delilah and then this. But they mm-hmm. knew like. Like we are starting with a bart episode and it's funny to start the fall with an episode about the end of the school year
1: yeah yeah that that also has a, a winter's the scene in it it doesn't add up in a lot of ways but it's it, it could only have been a bart episode that starts the season because this was season two is when they finally by the end of it they're like this isn't the bart show anymore we're figuring out that we want this to be the homer show not the bart show and uh, and so uh, the writer of this episode, I think we've covered him a little bit, but David M. Stern. It's his first one.
0: Yeah, I've got a little bio on him. So yes, he is the brother of the famous wet bandit Daniel Stern and also <laughs> the star of Chud. Mm. And his first role <laughs> in uh, Hollywood was being a terrible production assistant on the movie Mystic Pizza. He admits he did a terrible job, uh, but thankfully his brother got him a job on The Wonder Years. Uh, uh, wonderful
1: um, nepotism. It's, it's
0: some great. good nepotism. Yeah. And uh, so he started as an executive story consultant. He He'd write eight episodes of the show from 1988 to 1990. And uh, one of his Wonder Years was nominated for an Emmy but lost to the wit and sparkle of Murphy Brown. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, Daniel Stern, also uh, the voice of adult Kevin Arnold and a director on the show as well. So Mm -hmm. uh, he pulled some strings, in other words.
1: Yeah, though, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, uh, based on the six episodes, Stern, David Stern, wrote over the series like there's some of my all-time favorites like he's he is a great writer who really brought a lot more he's he is more in the mold of a james l brooks writer i'd say too definitely yes, and yeah.
0: yes he did uh, write for sibs briefly for oh, uh, right. the other sibs. james l brooks show the cup the couple <laughs> he made sibs, along with yeah. the simpsons so yeah he had a real knack for figuring out female characters with three amazing shows so uh homer alone selma's choice and principal charming like he alone brought so much humanity to patty and selma oh, yeah. like he made some of their best episodes uh that wasn't seen that humanity was not seen in season one they were like barely in that season but they only appeared to complain about homer <laughs> uh
1: i mean when you when you hear that they're based on sam simon hating his uh sisters-in-law that's <laughs> uh there's there's not a ton of room for depth originally with them but he found it and and he also wrote camp crusty as well that's right yeah. and
0: also camp crustier he Indeed. came back in 2017 to just write uh, one more
1: And uh, (laughs) I don't think he was full-time on Simpsons, but he was like credited creative consultant from two to four.
0: I think he was full-time. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah.
1: All right, I just saw him in in one of his IMDb things was creative consultant. I I wasn't uh, sure,
0: but uh, yeah, he stayed through most of season four. Uh, Duffless was his final episode of that era. And then he would come back in season nine, actually, as a creative consultant. So Ah. then he'd write things like Viva Ned Flanders and Screaming Yellow Honkers while Mm. being a creative consultant on the show probably working like a day a week or something like that it
1: sounded like he had a little free time to write on the show then yeah and uh i think that cam <laughs> Crustier or is his most recent credit on imdb or that was all that's i think what i saw
0: yeah i can tell you what else he's done since uh, the simpsons and 2000s he worked for uh, monk he worked on monk rather uh he worked on the short-lived malcolm in the middle inspired oliver bean that's mm-hmm. that's a show <laughs> about like growing up in the 50s and david cross is the narrator it's basically uh, like a different wonder years for the 2000s uh,
1: Okay, that's right, and uh, we have a current wonder years now—the Goldbergs, right? Oh, that's Isn't right, that, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> about
0: the mm-hmm. '80s. Uh, so at the beginning of the 2010s, he developed and wrote a few episodes of the cartoon *Ugly Americans* for Comedy Central, and then we have *Camp Crustier*. But not a whole lot since then. But he's probably like in his 60s now, so sure, that's fine. <laughs>
1: yeah, take your time off. Uh, just hang out, hang out with your brother some more. <laughs> okay.
4: The Simpsons will be right back.
2: They're back. Oh, what a glorious day. With a brand
3: new show. Take one and pass the rest back.
2: Yes. Oh you you're it,
1: Bart. and a whole new season Bart,
2: did you read the book this is Krabapple. i am insulted is this a book report or a witch art? the laughs start all over again oh please call me papa little ketchup for your buns papa
0: <laughs> the simpsons thursday at eight on fox five
2: Cowabunga!
1: As always, it's Big Gorilla Week on the podcast, and we thank you so much for listening. A huge thank you to our guest this week, Casey Green. It is always great to have him back on the show uh please check out all the great comics he does and also if you enjoy this our start back into our revisit of season two then i think you're gonna really enjoy everything that we do on our patreon patreon.com talking simpsons is how me and bob do this full time every week both on this podcast going through all the simpsons and on our sister podcast what a cartoon where we cover a different animated series each week in the exact same style. If you'd like to support me and Bob doing this as our full-time jobs, please consider signing up for $5 a month at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Beyond just the knowledge that you're helping us, you also get a ton of exclusives, big bang for your buck going into 2021. You get many Patreon-exclusive podcasts you can only hear there, where me and Bob cover shows like Futurama, King of the Hill, Mission Hill and the critic all in the same style as Talking Simpsons it's a lot of fun also you'll get to hear our giant back catalog of amazing interviews with Simpsons legends our commentaries over classic deleted scenes and tons more so please five bucks a month you get a lot for your money if you support us there at patreon.com slash talking simpsons And if you want podcasts as fancy as double cappuccino chocolate fudge, then you should really sign up at the $10 premium level of patreon.com. All of the $5 stuff I just mentioned is yours, but that $10 also gets you our monthly What a Cartoon movie podcast. You last week got to hear our four-hour chat about the classic animated feature film, The Iron Giant. And we've done over two years of What a Cartoon Movies with a new one each month. This month in January, you'll get to hear us talk about the Dexter's Lab film Ego Trip. Next month, the Studio Ghibli classic, Whisper of the Heart. And there's a giant back catalog, over 100 hours of podcasts as diverse as The End of Evangelion beavis and butthead to america spider-man into the spider-verse toy story and a ton ton more please sign up today at that ten dollar level to get your hands on all of the great patreon exclusive content that me and bob are putting out always and it's going to be even better in 2021
4: Marge Simpson speaks out on reruns. If you don't mind, I
2: think I'd like to get on with my life.
4: Fox is proud to announce dozens of new, original, never-before-seen episodes of The Simpsons. Beginning Thursday, October 11th on Fox.
0: And uh, not to preamble anymore, but let's talk about <laughs> Arthur Rubenstein.
1: Yes. Yeah. This one came in late for me. I, me too. You probably did a lot more research on me. But yeah, I I had forgotten that, you know, we talk so much about the hated Richard Gibbs in yes. season one.
0: The famous Gibbs sting <laughs> that we hate so much.
1: Uh, but but there was another other than Alf Clausen who wrote for the Simpsons there, uh, the music there
0: were actually two so uh, he composed music for this and the Burns Runs for Mayor episode there's another guy just on Simpson and Delilah and with Triasafora 1 that is when they find and keep Alf Clausen ah,
1: okay I forgot I so I only I only had seen Arthur B. Rubenstein in, in my research but wow
0: <laughs> so he died at age 80 in 2018 no longer with us uh, he seems like a real worker for hire guy going back to 1971 lots of credits on tv movies for the most part and he also scored the movies uh, blue thunder and war games Mm -hmm. and uh, patrick williams is the other composer that worked on the show super briefly with simpson and delilah we'll talk about him in that episode and what he's done
1: (laughs) so They gave Richard Gibbs the boot, but they still haven't figured it out just yet with composers, or maybe they're trying out three at a time. This is one they never, they, they seem to treat it as, uh, like, oh, it was always Alf Clausen, you know, it was always him, like, uh, but... (laughs) uh but yeah, yeah and the director of this episode david silverman who with this episode is now series director officially i in our interview with him he may he said like de facto in season one he was the series director but
0: not making the money <laughs>
1: not making the money of it he finally got pushed up to that uh, i mean since he saved their bacon with like t- the uh, season finale i i think they that gave him some extra credit too and then on top of that was uh Swinno scott is assistant director on this. That's how long he's been with the show. Like I think he's still a director uh on the series there, he, yeah.
0: He's a great follow on Instagram. He posts a lot of like super old drawings and uh layouts and animation things and stuff like that. So check him out on Instagram.
4: And posted somewhat recently the uh, to not completely date this, but he posted like his, his layout of Homer falling into hell for the first treehouse. I think that was, uh, that looked real good. It looked real amazing.
1: Oh, I got to check this out. I, you know, I miss, I miss out on all this like classic Simpson content by not using Instagram at all. I, uh, at the time of this recording, there was just recently Wes Archer just drew a new thing of Bart, uh, doing horror stuff where he like, he's a devil and then a zombie and then he's attacked and he and he does a twister mouth. Wesley Archer drew a new Twister Mouth in the year twenty. I, I commented to thank him about that. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, Silverman says that, you know, in the, season two was when they really figured out the series and the characters. He felt the artists at Klasky Chupo and Acom really, they finally got it. And I mean, the even from Krusty Gets Busted to this episode, I do think you can tell a production-like increase. There's only, there's a few scenes in this that still make me go like, oh, that looks more like a season one shot, but not that many. Like, it might mostly looks like how the show it looks to us. And uh, I guess before we play another one <laughs> clip, uh the start of this show is another major moment for the series the new opening that would be the opening from 1990 until 2009 and that is the the classic simpsons opening we all the weird thing rewatching season one was just to see all the little things that are different in the opening that you've completely erased from your memory all the
0: weird bus stop people yeah for example <laughs>
1: uh so yeah to to go majorly through all the big changes they did first off it's 15 seconds shorter It went from being a 90 second opening at its longest to a 75 second opening at its longest
0: and the song is uh, reorchestrated as
1: well yes yeah yeah which uh and uh, they they change a lot of stuff especially because over the course of season one they've invented a lot of springfieldians that they can fill in the world with instead of just uh dudes who look like Bart.
0: i do like how <laughs> uh they landed on people like Jacques and bleeding gums to walk through the opening yes. they'll be around forever
1: uh they'll be such yeah. big deals yeah they really
0: they really like princess cashmere Jacques. uh <laughs> j
4: j lauren Pryor. (laughs) uh
1: yes the uh the the, uh, big and major changes are like when homer's at his job you see burns and smithers in the background instead of just random other employees uh the bus stop instead of having random passengers he goes by folks like moe and wiggum uh marge's car is now changed to look like how it really is when she's driving home with maggie uh, the Lisa bike ride has been replaced with the famous whip pan over a ton of characters. I remember first chance I got, I was like, pause, pause, pause. What's there? What's there?
0: I know that in an ancient issue of Simpsons Illustrated, and they're all ancient by now, uh, they basically redrew that entire pan yes. in the magazine as like, a, as like a fold out.
1: Oh, that was amazing. Nice. I love it. Yeah. the There's so, it, I remember 1990 thinking like, whoa, so many characters. And I look at it now, it's like, there's like a dozen identifiable characters characters in it
0: <laughs> most of which uh, no longer exist
1: yes yeah like uh well that they treated marvin monroe on the same level as millhouse in that time like the,
0: the centerpiece <laughs> of that of that pan is a, is a puke joke with wendell
1: that's right yeah uh and also featured in it is uh, at the very end before it gets to the simpsons house you see ned and his family outside so Maud was even though for a fraction of a second Maud was in the opening uh through 2009 despite having died in the year 2000 <laughs>
0: that's a false promise yeah can we sue fox <laughs>
1: uh Probably. and, and uh, the opening ends with the first like good couch gag every season one couch gag kind of sucks because they all are just based on the joke of one member of the five people in the family will pop out of the couch or they all are able to fit into it and this was the it instead ending with them dropping through the floor that's the first time it actually is like a cartoony uh, universe breaking opening instead of just a character just falling out of the seat.
0: The one really tiny thing I notice is that Lisa, in the original opening, uh, we get the bike shot of her, and she gets home first on her bike before anyone else does. Right. In this one, uh, Homer pulls in and then uh, the skateboard goes over the car, and then Lisa zips in and almost hits him, except in this in this opening, he doesn't say dough yet, although You're he right. mouths it. They don't yeah. put the dough in. They
1: hadn't caught yeah.
4: that yet. Like, it's been a while since I've seen just that uh, original, or not original, but like that good opening that they used for so long that I was mm-hmm. just like, you know, in my head, I, I inserted the dough, and I was like, he didn't say it. He didn't say <laughs> it.
1: Uh, I,
0: and I, uh, I mean... Uh, we can't talk about this for too long, but that HD sequence is just so bad. It is so stiff and bad. And other people have broken down much better than me. Like animators have broken it down. But just like if you, if that is going to be uh, what you're recreating this this legacy piece of animation, I wish they would have worked harder on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like you can, uh, I not that like this opening is perfection, but like they definitely spell spent more than their normal budget on it. Like it looks like they actually put the money into it, and they hired like like Greg Vanzo and his wife Nikki, who start Rough Draft a little after this. They're animators on it. Like it's to me, the HD opening just feels like they shoved in as many jokes as they could, and they were just in the the mindset of like, well, how many other jokes can we like bring out and stuff? What if we had Three more spaces for couch gags and chalkboard go- jokes in here. Yeah, sure. I, th-
0: I think maybe the modularity of it might, uh, you know, explain why it just kind of looks pretty stiff. Yeah, just maybe they yeah. had to make it make some, you know, uh, subtractions in order to make it modular like that. I don't know.
4: I, this was my immediate thought watching this episode. Just, just with um, you know Martin's opening a bit as Hemingway, I was like, man, I, like I know this is early stuff, and it's not like you know top tier. Like you know, in the middle of maybe three three to season three to to seven kind of animation but there's something beautiful and nice about like that 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 quality of human error when it comes into animation and stuff like that especially in that opening too and they just iron that shit out nowadays and it it just doesn't feel there's no humanity into it and (laughs) i I don't want to get on too much about this stuff but like I, I'm no animator but I know what I like. And, like I like this I like like watching this whole episode
0: One thing I like to see now that I have, I've had an TV for like over a decade now but if you watch the 4x3 version on uh, DVD or Disney Plus when Bart uh, you know, skateboards out of the school and lands the camera bobs with him mm. and we see the bottom of the background where it cuts off where it's just oh, like there's funny. nothing drawn there so like for a second you see like oh this is just a piece of art the camera's bobbing <laughs> up and down yeah. next to or now, on top of.
4: A, a similar thing is I was just watching the original South Park episode and there are times uh where you can catch uh one of their hands still in the shot
0: (laughs) yeah or like the the non-use pieces of characters off to the side
4: yeah Uh, yeah and i'm just like ah that's fun you can see trey's hand or matt's or whoever's uh
1: i know we're dangerously close to sounding like lp collectors here but i do like (laughs) i i like the flaws i like seeing the flaws here and like i especially I, I did love hearing on the commentary them talk about the Thursday night move and I want, for history's sake, I'm so glad they covered it, but david silverman on the commentary came in ready to talk about this episode as a filmmaker basically and and he has he has so much to be proud of in this production and he did not have as much space to say it and at times it almost felt like he was embarrassed to say like i worked hard on that drawing or something yeah which which is writers
4: take over the room
1: (laughs) if i could go if i could go back in time from the beginning with these simpsons dvds i just have to be like you seemingly have unlimited space for commentaries do a writer's commentary uh-huh. and an animator commentary. Well, when the first... animators are by themselves, they can talk so much freer. Well,
0: Henry, first warn yeah. them about 9-11 and then yes. do yeah. your explanation. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, fine. Oh uh, uh, Yeah, they probably are first recording them before 9-11, but it comes out after 9-11 season one. So <gasps> oh, I can, no. I can get two birds with one stone there. Can... <laughs> uh, but, but this is the first of the Gets episode titles as well. This is Bart Gets an F. They'd be followed up in the same season with Bart's dog gets an F. Uh, like, Lisa gets stuff. Homer gets stuff. Bart gets hit by a car. Bart gets an elephant. Bart gets an elephant, yeah. Does Marge get anything ever?
0: Uh, Marge think... gets a B story. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, and she, and <laughs> if, she if settles for it, yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, this episode is very interesting because uh, it is, like, a complete sequel to Bart the Genius, which even though it was not uh the first in production order it's also why i think it's a great season premiere because the first regular episode of the simpsons that aired was bart the genius uh you know obviously the christmas special is the first episode but the first regular episode that aired was bart the genius so you start the season with another one about bart in school where it's about him central to it is him and uh, edna and also his relationship with martin as well and you have uh, dream sequences in the exact same way, too. Like, it follows pretty much all of the beats of Bart the Genius. And it's also a response to Bart's popularity. It's the, as the, being the second season produced, uh, based on their timeline of how quick the production could go, this would have started in January, I guess, as they, as yeah. they saw the wheels already moving.
0: That's the prediction I made. Like, yeah, they're in January now writing this uh, after the first two episodes, probably, like within that span of time, have aired. Yeah.
1: And they're already seeing the news stories about kids wearing the Bart shirt to school. <laughs> also, I think there is a mistake. I don't know if it was like uh, the final edit color correcting or it's an overseas thing. Bart's shirt color is wrong and it always drives me crazy.
0: Yeah, it's very dingy looking. Yeah. Very, very subtle. It's a very subdued orange.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I saw a couple of wikis that were like, it's really a salmon color. I was like, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, but all right. Hey, why don't we talk about the episode itself here? Oh, must we? All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... The episode begins with the uh, classroom demonstration. The very first words feel like definitely like a Gene and Reese type late ADR of. Bart, yeah. do this, and over an establishing shot. A
0: weirdly static shot of the school mm. with a joke that you don't see any lip sync on.
1: Yeah. I think they decided, like, Martin shouldn't be the first word people hear going in here. The first word you hear is Bart, right? Yeah, you hear Bart. Oh, thank Bart. God. I was gonna, I was just about to ask,
0: where is that Bart? Where is that Bart? <laughs> but then the show answered it for me.
1: Uh, but the episode begins with An Afternoon with Ernest Hemingway, a reflection by Martin.
3: There will be no further interruptions during Martin's book report. You're
2: killing me, Fish. Never have I seen a greater or more noble thing than you, Brother. Come on and kill me. I do not care who kills who. To catch a fish. To kill a bull. To make love to a
3: woman. To (coughs) live. I thank you. Absolutely brilliant. There were moments I truly believed you were, Hemingway. <gasps> Bravo, Martin. Oh, please, call me Papa.
2: A little ketchup for your buns, Papa? <sniffs>
0: <laughs> that's a weird that's a nickelodeon sound effect there
2: <laughs> it is yeah and by
0: the way like looking this up for the first time uh hemingway did prefer to be called papa because he hated his nickname i uh, well, hated his real name sorry
1: yes yeah the, though to insist it sounded like he insisted on it like martin did there which if i don't know if i meet some uh bearded jerk who's just like hey call me papa <laughs> no i'm not gonna do that i'll call you hemi how about that yeah <laughs> What I kind tra- of
4: weird sexual overtones did that have back when Ernest Hemingway was like, "Call me Papa," "Call me or, Daddy," "Call me Daddy, sir"? <laughs>
0: there, like, I want to trace when we go through these episodes, like when the the loud shoes end. We're still in the loud oh, shoe yeah, era. Like right. you can hear Bart I
4: clomping up to the board. The
1: shoes. <laughs> I love Bart's clomping hooves. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I definitely did read "Old Man in the Sea" in high school uh, on assignment. It's oh, not me that too. I, yeah, um, sought it out, but. I think that's the only Hemingway I've read. It's all the rest of it seemed like, uh, I don't know. It's too jocular, his his words. I I preferred Steinbeck. When I was forced to read both of them, I, I was more of a Steinbeck Me guy. Me too.
4: I probably read Old Man and the Sea, but I do not remember The Old Man or the Sea <laughs> of that whole book.
1: And well, and I had a very influential, cool guy, gifted studies teacher who was—he was very anti-Hemingway. Who he was like, you kids wearing these no fear shirts, you don't even know where that comes from. It's Ernest Hemingway who said it, and you know what he did? He took his own life because he was full of shit. Uh, <laughs> we didn't say shit, but you can see he was <laughs> full of crap. Uh, also, I I just love uh, Martin in this episode. I think this is the richest portrayal he ever gets in the series. Like there's they they write him so. Well, And I think the late Roosie Taylor, this made me miss her a lot because she really brings uh, a lot to this character.
4: Yeah, I know you guys probably already did a, a, a death jingle for her, but just <laughs> R.I.P. to a, the
0: best. Yeah. A legend, Are, yeah. One of the best Legend. In the passing uh, months since she uh, passed away, we did episodes of other cartoons she was on, like, Muppet Babies, and she just had a, an amazing voice. She could do crazy things with that voice that nobody else could do. Oh, God. Who, yes. who is she on Muppet Babies? Uh, Gonzo. Yeah.
4: That's, like... She does, she does like so many good different voices. It's like, it's like, she's just, she's in everything without even know, without you even knowing, like that's wild.
1: How many, (laughs) cause the, the style at the time was to demand her exact type of voice. And for her to find all these variations on child voice performance is so good like she's she's sherry and terry in the same episode and you wouldn't even think about it honestly like it makes me wish they'd have written martin better than just uh uh than what they gave him for one-off jokes because she's so good at it here like when she when she has to play martin playing ernest hemingway yeah. she's really doing a good job it helps
0: that they gave martin a lot more to do he's very more uh, well-defined he's not just an apple polishing nerd he mm. has this like full- for showmanship as well which will eventually become a bunch of gay jokes very shortly in the, in the series but uh yeah there's a lot more to him and then he's even like uh and then he's actually in denial about his uh, place in life
1: yes yeah i think this episode the character of bart and a lot of the specifics that come from his struggles with paying attention his artistic side coming through in ways that the teacher doesn't appreciate or foster that feels like Matt Groening, you know, is re litigating a lot of his childhood and and reliving it through Bart. I think then Martin is really most of the writers of the show expressing their childhoods through yeah. character,
0: all of their fun yeah. dress-up games.
1: Yeah. Well, that's uh, well, that's also like what's great about Martin in here is the way he over-talks and over-explains things, or he he by acting like a good you know adult he's he's being adult around kids and they think he's weird for that like him the the reaction shot to the kids after he says to make love to a woman the way the kids are like what they're just the blank faces on them tells it all
4: yeah no no good joke just like what is he saying (laughs)
1: Hmm. and uh, i uh casey on twitter the the day before this recording you you spotlight such a good reaction shot for bart like i love the drawing of his shrugging face That's-
4: yeah just, just like that little bit of animation of like oh what's he saying <laughs> yeah. like just millhouse like please help
0: i noticed a lot more also like experimental camera angles before the show would get flattened out a little more like some of these poses and uh characters aren't really meant to be looked at from certain angles but like all of the upshots of Kerbopple are kind of funky but i love them
1: yes yeah oh, they're I,
0: great they're great. It-
1: Silverman with the the angles he chooses in this are so impressive And I think it really comes from him deciding this is Bart's story and it's from an angle of a child. So there's going to be so many shots looking up towards an adult, almost Mm -hmm. in like these monsters or these gods of your life. Like they're not they're not equal. Like I feel I feel that even like five years later in an episode that's a Bart episode, Homer's still drawn on the same level he is Mm. in any other episode.
0: I'm also thinking later in the I drive the school bus uh, scene. It's like a, the fisheye lens on Bart, where his yeah. head is like really close to the camera. They'd stop doing that, like a lot of faces just right in the camera. Yeah. But uh, I do like what they're doing here in this episode.
4: I mean, it, it comes up a lot. It comes up later when I talk, when I think about it. But it does have a very, and I'm sure y'all have mentioned it before, a life in hell quality with oh, yeah. with, uh, with Binky or not Binky, Bongo always looking up at the at the shadowed parent looking at them. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think in the early days, they when they were trying to stick to Matt Grady art style they were going with his comic strips but over time Matt Groening found you know new things he wanted to do with the animated form that he wasn't mm. as into in his comic strip style I guess I, I I also caught in this opening here that like the character dynamic that was still constant here but gets lost I think by season three or four is that edna krabappel does not hate life and her job and has given up she actually is incredibly supportive but of only one student martin
4: yeah martin's the only one who who gives her anything yeah.
1: <laughs> but but then like to see how much things change this is the 14th episode in the 100th episode in season five when martin demands his geode must be acknowledged edna's like fuck <sighs> Fine. Like she doesn't give a shit about Martin Prince by then. I guess a
0: dog is more exciting than Martin.
1: <laughs> oh, he is a gym. Uh, but uh but yeah, so that's Martin. Uh I I think, you know, in spirit as a child, I've said I was more like Martin, but I have to admit, on more than one book report, I took Bart's stance of don't bother, wing it after procrastinating for weeks at a time. Certainly I was not the over prepare and dress up type in class. I'm
0: sure this will make me uh, more likable to all of our listeners, but I was very good at school Boo. and I enjoyed <laughs> getting praise uh, for being good at school, which is why I'm a podcaster. I, I constantly need uh, positive uh, affirmations. So there you have it. <laughs>
4: I was definitely middling in school Uh like I, I could I didn't wing I remember there's one book report that I, I didn't wing, but I, I just completely screwed the pooch on. It was uh I was reading To Kill a Mockingbird. And I do remember like it's it was tough for me then, but I did read it. I just got a lot of the stuff wrong as I was reading it in my head. Like, I thought Scout was a black character.
1: Wow. That is and I, I, like, I don't
4: know. I just missed that and I never, like, corrected my head. And I remember seeing the teacher's notes. Like, I just somehow got a glimpse of her saying, uh, writing in the notes, Scout is not black. <laughs> did not read. And I got, like, a D or something. Oh, and I was just like, hi. I did read it. Fuck you. But Scout wasn't black. So, oops. I remember. I still
0: I remember like a uh, almost like a union style action our class took against our teacher where uh, just as a class we didn't read the Scarlet Letter because it was just so bad uh, and I yeah. think the teacher eventually gave up. That was the one time like that kind of uh, unified action worked That's against holy the teacher. Holy. The other time is when in a geometry class uh, they were trying to teach us proofs and just no one understood it. So we just we just oh, you don't need to know proof. Let's move on. And I still say uh, proofs are stupid. I, I know agree. what a triangle is. I can see it. It's yeah. got three sides. Let's move on. I'm, <laughs> I'm not
1: building a bridge. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, I think I learned bad lessons growing up, maybe even from The Simpsons partially, but I had the feeling of like, if I can procrastinate and get a B, I would prefer that to not, to working hard and getting an A. And I I definitely uh, fell back on my natural like giftedness as I was told I had. So I was like, well, I'm gifted. Why, why, why study? I'll just, I'll get it on the day. Who cares? Like, it helped
0: to be conditioned uh, with pizza as a reward, us kids of the 80s and 90s, uh, yes, like yeah. the the book it book club, like you read these books, you get pizza <laughs> oh, yeah. every week, every month. Uh, sorry, every month.
4: I get pizza every week. We get pizza on Fridays. I didn't, I didn't need to read books, but that was <laughs> school was pizza, cafeteria
1: pizza. That's not the. Same. We're talking pizza, buddy.
4: My family would give ah uh, yes, no, mm-hmm. not not some shitty cafeteria
1: pizza uh fridays were pizza night for my family too not to not to brag about Mm. my uh (laughs) my got some rich boys (laughs) on this podcast (laughs) we get pizza hut every week uh yeah okay so it's bart's turn to give a report and uh clearly he's unprepared
2: well as mrs krabappel already mentioned the name of the book that i read was treasure island it's about these pirates pirates with patches over their eyes, and shiny gold teeth, and green birds on their shoulders. (laughs) Did I mention this book was written by a guy named Robert Louis Stevenson, and published by the good people at McGraw Hill. So in conclusion, on the Simpson scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, 1 being the lowest, and 5 being average, I give this book a 9. Any questions? Nope. Then I'll just sit down. Bart, did you read the book? Mrs. Krabapple, I am insulted. Is this a book report or a witch hunt?
3: <laughs> then perhaps you'd like to tell us the name of the pirate. Blackbeard,
2: Captain Nemo, Captain Hook, Long John Silver, Redford. Pete, Bluebeard,
3: Bluebeard. Sit down, Bart. I'll see you after class. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Bluebeard is quite a uh, a reach by Bart. I, I, yeah. And and of course, he says the right one in his memory there of, of Long John Silver, but he goes with Bluebeard.
0: There's like great little moments of uh, just insecure acting on his part. I like when he like stumbles to try grab the chalk from behind him. There's like yeah. a nice little move there.
1: Yeah.
4: When he does the little bit of the nine at the end, he makes the nine, but then it goes down as he's putting the chalk down. <laughs>
0: yeah. There's a real lack of confidence and uh, the vamping, the part of the vamping I love the most is when he explains what the scale is. It's just like the most <laughs> obvious scale he's using, but he's still explaining it to just like kill time. I know, it's uh, it's yeah. sort of like like in this paper, I will blank blank and blank. Like just the uh, uh, the that kind of vamping.
1: It's all the the classic filler for a uh, a book report kind of thing. If if Bart had put a slight amount of effort into it, he would have like one quote he googled or whatever, but obviously you can't in nineteen ninety you couldn't cram in that way. I I also yeah, I should
4: have Googled back then
1: <laughs> I I feel like it was Bart's bad luck too that he didn't get a paperback with it had like teaser text on the back that he could at least read while he's up there it
0: feels like a library book yeah, yeah. There, there's no spark notes for poor Barts <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, the how do kids be given book reports now in the age of like you can just every you can find 800 book reports and your teacher would never find out unless they could like do a Google search for specific sentences and maybe they could well
0: when I was teaching uh, college college in the late aughts there was a system that was coming into being we didn't use it uh But it basically students submitted their papers through it and it would scan the text and look for existing like parts of their text on the Internet. Oh, okay. So uh, I'm sure like, you know, more than just colleges do it now because it's impossible to just look at a a student's writing and think like, well, did they write this? Unless, you know, the student personally and most classes are too big. You're never going to know.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, It
4: seems like more work for the teacher to to have to make sure like these kids aren't just fucking with them.
1: Uh, the Treasure Island just feels like such a hokey old book to read. Like I, I I've never read like, it. No, I, I, I feel like in even 1990 it was old to assign. It also, it's though it's something like for a certain generation they love it or they at least remember it. Like there's the there's the story of the two directors at Disney who for years were like, please let us make a Treasure Island. We want to make a, a space Treasure Island, please. And that <laughs> oh, became no.
0: Treasure Planet. It became Treasure Planet. And then the
1: Muppets.
4: Yeah, they already fixed it with the Muppets.
1: Exactly. That's the best telling of it, you know, and that in the long John Silver, and that is played by Tim Curry, which like ruled. It was great. I I think it was that. I think that is the best post Jim Henson Muppet thing that ever got made. Oh, not Christmas Carol? mm, Boy, that's tough. I.
4: Yeah, Christmas but Carol's very good, but wasn't Henson still a part of that or did he just die?
0: He that came out in 92 and he died in 90. Yeah. So I don't think he had any part of that.
1: I think right. if if uh if at all it would have been in the earliest of production probably had more production involvement with the uh, treasure island i'd bet but i okay i will say uh christmas carol does have better songs and everything yeah okay but uh and i love bart's defense of is this a book report or a witch hunt i think <laughs> in general this this does show edna's failure as a teacher is that she can't recognize that bart bart throughout this shows he is more creative than an actual normal kid would be like the stereotypical dumb kid bart would be playing would not be this smart at coming up with an excuse or this good at presenting his bullshit he'd just be like um, I, I didn't do it like they just stare at their feet and then just be in shame
4: yeah the ultimate lesson I learned at the very end of this uh, was like the, the onus is on Bart the student not 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 Kerbopel not the book for being interesting not history for being interesting it's always on him Where he's the one who's going to be held back
0: <laughs> yeah I think there's a lot of that implicit message I feel a future episode would probably look more into like the flaws of traditional schooling and like why is it important that Bart reads Treasure Island. Like, mm-hmm. in the grand scheme yeah. of things, like, why is this important to him as a human being to know who the pirate was?
1: Mm-hmm. And if he could name the pirate, what what difference would it make, anyway? It's pretty obvious that Bart doesn't know, but, uh...
0: Yeah, I mean, all of us were educated uh, to, be, to exist as adults in a world without the internet. Mm-hmm. Like, all of our education was like, well, yeah, there's no such thing as the internet. Here is the information you need to know to exist in the world. <laughs> and then, everything changes, and now we're adults, and we're just educated to exist in a different world.
1: Mm-hmm where we're lucky we grew up with the start of the internet but even then like we went so much wasted time
0: uh and I, you won't always have even, a calculator in your pocket young man <laughs>
4: <laughs> i can't even imagine what that what that kind of pressure is like now for students like not even COVID, like in the age of covid and just in the age of the internet and like where you can just look up everything at the at the little computer in your pocket
1: you know a couple months ago i saw a video of like of, of one teacher tr- teaching a class remotely of like you know i think first graders but it was just her holding up a sign that that indicated she couldn't hear mm-hmm. and then saying like i think your microphone's off i think your microphone's off i think you could turn on your microphone if you could turn on your microphone if you can, she had to say it over and over as friendly as possible because these are children so yeah. she can't just yell at them like turn on your microphone uh <laughs>
0: the answer was pepsi in case you don't know
1: <laughs> uh, uh, partial credit uh, and uh and so yeah bart is for the first time outside of the opening has to do a chalkboard uh, assignment uh i will not fake my way through life is what he writes and, uh, that's where the opening scene where he's, uh, Bart again, Bart is actually kind of smart by guessing that Edna said, uh, straighten up and fly, right? Like, at <laughs> but but it is not ready to admit that bart's good at, at anything i and the blah blah blahs joke is kind of funny but it's just it's used better as a callback for homer in the in a couple scenes later mm-hmm. uh and so yes uh, this absolutely felt like me and my childhood of i'll just do it later kind of thing like just one more video game then i'll do it uh, oh after dinner, yeah uh, especially recognizing that video games are are the start of the problem of just uh though bart should just be playing a video game at home but I guess they only have one TV. They can't, they can't, Bart can't be the gamer that he should have been in these early days when they just have one TV.
0: And there's a pretty good console port of Slugfest, but not Escape from Grandma's House. It's yeah. arcade only for now. <laughs> Does Bart know what uh,
4: MAME ROMs are? Does he have MAME on his computer?
0: <laughs> oh boy, I don't know if there was a MAME in
1: 1990. Bart Twitch streamer? That's an episode. The. Uh, oh, okay. You know, uh Bob, you uh you had a great observation about the these when we talked about Escape from Grandma's house and the other early video games at our PAX panel, but like just have a game jam challenging people to make like a single screen, two minute video game of these concepts, you know?
0: Yeah, I want Escape from Death Row, Escape from Grandma's house. I want to see Robert Goulet Destroyer in action. We <laughs> see it in the background of this uh this arcade right Noiseland yeah. for the second or third time probably.
1: And Escape from from grandma's house was another joke drawn into the background in in moaning lisa that's right but we didn't actually see it here getting to see the the fake pixelated blood fly off grandma as she shot with a shotgun night that did give me a good laugh there's there's several drawings in here that i'm just this is just david silverman drawing a funny thing or or other people in his group not not always him though definitely all the the apes i see later make me go like no that's that's a david silverman drawing if i ever see one So yes, uh, I also, another little character movement I like is once Bart fails and gets the rank of ungrateful grandchild, uh, the way he walks away from the machine and flicks the joystick Yeah.
0: That's very nice. And what I noticed about this in season two, uh, so far, I want to see how this changes over time, but they're still using the very soft, like, fades to another scene, not hard cuts. Mm, Yeah, That kind of falls apart towards the end of this episode. They start using more hard cuts, but it just shows you, like, how much energy that sucks out of the show. You just gently fade to the next scene. It's just, God, I hate it. I'm glad they stopped doing (laughs) that.
1: Yeah, you're right. There's some harder cuts later in this. I, I'm i going to be watching a lot closer in our other season two redos of like how tight the editing is and well, once they really figure it out.
0: It's also weird to cut from uh, the interior of one place that has so... Uh, Noiseland establishing shot and then interior shot of Bart. Then we fade from the interior shot of uh, Noiseland to the interior of the living room. There's no establishing shot of the house, which I found yeah, odd. Yeah, you're right. There usually is when you're yeah. changing locations
1: like that. Yeah, maybe they felt like this is just too many establishing shots in a row or something, or they just forgot. But like... It's
4: all part of the same idea of, of Bart just <laughs> wasting his time. You know, like he's going to play more games. Now he's watching the next Itchy and Scratchy, which is a great one.
1: Oh, it's a great I C on here. The, uh, or an ass on here the a uh, also with a clever title but this this feels like a parody of or i think the artists were taking inspiration from the tom and jerry classic the two musketeers mm, yeah yeah which, uh, is their musketeer one is Tuffy in that i think Tuffy is in that yeah <laughs> yeah he is a little gray rat uh but yeah i i love that it comes to a guillotine gag too always love that but uh and then another of my just favorite drawings this episode because it looks so shortsy in a good way is the is the bart and lisa laughing thing god they it looks straight from a a third year of the shorts tracy ullman thing
0: you can see gums right yeah oh yeah Yeah.
1: big gummy laughs Uh, the more you can see the kids gums the funnier it is to me Uh, But yes, as after we watch uh, a quick Itchy and Scratchy that I think is definitely better than the, you know, there's more to it than the Itchy and Scratchy we saw in Krusty Gets Busted. Then it's time for dinner and uh, Lisa, it's Lisa's time to shine. Soup's
2: on. Hurry up or we'll get that icky skin on the top. Ew, I hate that icky soup skin. (laughs) Okay, right after dinner, it's down to business. Hmm.
4: Marge, could you give me another beer, please?
2: In a second, Homer. Lisa has some good news. He doesn't care, Mom. Sure
4: I do. I just want to have a beer while I'm caring. Marge. <laughs>
2: Go ahead, Lisa. Huh. Well, okay. I got an A on my vocabulary test. What? You did? Well, that's just... Oh, what a glorious day.
4: Huh. Lisa, hand me your paper. I'm just going to take this over to the refrigerator and... Hmm. Well, as long as I'm here, I might as well kill two birds with one What's stone. What's
2: a big idea? You covered on my paper.
4: <laughs> Look at those funny little whiskers. Ooh. That reminds me. It's Big Gorilla Week on Million Dollar Movie. Come on, boy.
2: I know, Dad. I should really... <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
1: there's a lot in this scene that yeah. I love. Yeah.
0: I want to zero in on one thing, this mm-hmm. drawing of Lisa. So, yes. uh before yeah. five years ago, when we were doing this, Frankie Act did not exist. Frankie Act did not exist until we did uh, Bart's dog. It's an F for the first time. Wow. So in that time period, this one frame of Lisa bent over her plate, staring <laughs> off into nothing, has become like one of the memes, uh, second only to like uh, Lisa's coffee mug being filled up.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the. I think that's the top Lisa Simpsons meme. But I have seen, I've seen the Lisa mouth open, look down one because so many teens times. love disassociating it's the newest <laughs> coolest thing uh
4: i mean that picture. Oh, i'll just go frame by frame just to be like which was the right one and then there it is <laughs> uh
1: yeah the uh it, it works is the perfect reply to somebody tweeting something that makes no sense and you're like what the fuck
0: <laughs> it's it's an awkward drawing i don't know what's meant to convey to the to the uh, viewer mm-hmm. like that's uh, like reluctance. And... she's
1: just talking
4: going like well okay yeah but like uh just that you can like find you, they can like they, they can feel that meaning out of it is like it's just fu- it's just like it's so funny like you can't you won't get that drawing you won't get that like um that that good in between drawing anymore nowadays you know yeah
1: and, it's it because it goes from a pose that lisa's it's not a stock lisa pose of the the moment is that lisa is sad thinking that homer doesn't give a crap about her news when mm-hmm. Homer asks her to do it, she then perks up and goes, Okay. So it's her <laughs> looking down sad and then looking up to see her dad and say, Okay, and deliver her news. But it is in the like, Oh, uh, like her saying of, uh of okay. That is the moment of her still looking down, but her head is raised up just a little bit.
0: Like, I-, I laughed. Like the second I saw that frame watching the episode, I'm like, Oh my God. I- that's
1: it. Yeah. Yeah, I had- it just snuck up on. On me <laughs> I had no clue what was in this episode. I would have guessed it was a season three or four scene. Like I, had, I just did not know the source of it. The coffee one is such a specific that I'm like. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's when they convince Grandpa to give him coffee. That's the joke. The season yeah. as well. So yeah. the
0: season is full of those classic like in between frames. I I,
4: I, I, think... I just found a good beardless Homer that I'm sending you guys. In. Oh Ooh. good. <laughs> just, just a quick moment where he doesn't have his little muzzle. Hot off
0: the presses.
1: I
4: think
0: too, <laughs>
1: another.
0: <laughs> he looks like uh, Wallace from Wallace and Gromit.
1: Wow, that is insane. Yeah, he does. But yeah, the the, the those in between moments or something you get in these wilder days is they're just figuring it out and and then on top of that like one of the earliest simpsons memes and by that i mean a thing used in every commercial was homer going oh what a glorious day the simpsons are now on five days a week (laughs) Uh, i mean it's such a great delivery uh silverman uh he talks very specifically on the commentary of like that was a great line read by Dan, so I wanted to present it, and is an exciting just solo shot of Homer, and it works so good, removed from context, it can be in any commercial for The Simpsons ever. And
0: another great shot of just like looking up at a character from the ground.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, this scene's all about Bart's perspective on it, too, even though you, for a moment, get to feel bad for Lisa that she's like, I have good news and my dad never gives a shit, but... Then it once there is good news for Lisa, then it has to focus back on Bart of like, how does Lisa's success make Bart feel like that's <laughs> That's what you're supposed to feel.
0: I really wonder how much of this was like Brad Bird's like storyboard notes and guy, just because the camera is in so many interesting places in this uh, episode. I really noticed it.
1: Yeah, and it's all the stuff that went away when Brad Bird left the show, too. Yeah, and there was another little tick in this scene that I love too. Like when Marge walks into frame to say Lisa's got some news, her hair bounces just a little bit because there's there's actually more of an idea of gravity to this giant pile of hair moving in a way hair would instead of just standing at attention all the time in a very static, uh, pose. Mm. And, uh, who does anybody like icky soup skin? I, I sometimes I like it. You know uh, what? Sometimes pro soup skin. I don't
0: know what kind of skin grows. Uh, what kind of soup grows skin? I make soup all the time. It often sits for a bit. Uh, never any skin on it. Maybe mm-hmm. just because I don't have meat in my soup. That could be it. Is oh, does the yeah. meat cut co- like the fat from the meat cause the skin? Is that what's happening?
4: Mm, Maybe don't... it's like the grease kind of
1: congealing on the top
4: or something. Probably. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, we need to ask <laughs> Beekman in Beekman's World for this. Now <laughs> tomato
0: soup will grow skin on it, but yeah. Yeah. you got to let it sit for a while. <laughs>
4: i uh, i just mix it in because it like you know it, it just goes away you know it's not like it's a it's, it's not like it's just it's its own food product now suddenly
1: <laughs> and uh and yeah I, I do love bart too that he has he has only one thing on the fridge that lisa is taking over with her stuff and homer has to just rip off the band-aid he's like you know what this has been here too long and i also love that he goes funny little whiskers hey that reminds me an apes thing on tv like wait <laughs> what <laughs> Beeps the...
4: with their funny little whiskers.
1: <laughs> uh, and so then it goes to Gorilla Week. And I I love that Homer, they're casting him just like he's the guy who loves Marmaduke. He's also the idiot who, this stuff, th- these shows are filler. Like the people showing 60-year-old gorilla uh, movies and syndication uh, at night on network that's a bad network with cheap filler stuff like it's Gamera <laughs> reruns or whatever you know
0: yeah we have are so far beyond the uh like the dreary movie showing on Saturday afternoon on just like the independent station uh, we've evolved beyond that <laughs> now all of these yeah. are like on Tubi or whatever if you want to look them up or yeah, just on YouTube for you gotta free
1: search them out but at the very least they're like well restored and not the terrible chopped up versions you saw on TV but yeah, it's, a, it's it feels like a real knock on Homer's taste that he's like, oh boy, all of the awful gorilla movies nobody ever wants to watch? Yay! I feel
4: yeah. like there's a good story somewhere in um, Homer discovering Mystery Science Theater because he loves <laughs> those old movies and then he sees them making fun of them and he's like, No! <laughs> And he tries to do his own. That's supposed to be nice.
1: These <laughs> these deserve compliments.
4: Uh, uh, gorilla anyway, the Conqueror. Anyone from Fox is listening. You can have that one.
0: Gorilla the Conqueror. There's a bit of a story there where, like, we see the gorilla, like, throwing, like, a giant, I don't know, tree at a bunch of people. And, and he then just crutches And the time cut yeah. is, like, uh, Homer crying at the end of the movie. And he's, like, floating away in a cage. And Homer's just like, it's not fair just because he's different. And it's like, we just saw him kill <laughs> yeah. a ton of people <laughs> on the screen.
1: <laughs> uh, I love that. But, but you can tell from homer's delivery that he fully associates with the ape but he doesn't realize that that that's why he loves the ape and uh and bart like all the children forced to watch star wars movies are are held it like basically held next to their father to be like watch the things i like watch these right now uh and so bart heads up to bed and i like that homer doesn't understand that he f- you know screwed over Bart and that he made it so Bart has no more time to study and then as Bart opens the book there's some really good uh, David Silverman finger twiddles as he opens it I I always love that and then bart just falls asleep in his book and it's it's a sweet but sad scene of just homer and marge looking at him and they're just like oh he's so pitiful we they they they, they just feel bad for him
0: and was this just stolen for bart's nightmare the video game Absolutely, like these shots yeah. yeah that's
4: exactly what i wrote. I was like big bart's nightmare vibes from this whole sequence and just everything i mean that's literally what the game's about <laughs> yeah and like yeah.
0: the importance of putting the grade on the fridge too
1: yeah the the yeah. parting shot of this episode they just re drew in as your game over screen at different levels of uh success uh for it yeah no bart's nightmare is fully an adaptation of this episode of the simpsons and into one frustrating video it's what
0: happens in between the scenes when he's sleeping
4: (laughs) you're right yeah that that looks exactly like the 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 scene from the game where, where he's sleeping on the on the thing whenever homer and marge are looking in on him that looks like just completely like traced or just redrawn from that angle
1: I, they got away with that more in the first few games I think eventually they were told like you can't just draw the mm-hmm. thing that's in the show like it's
0: get Bill Morrison in <laughs> here
1: who cares you know despite all of these
0: great animation touches you still have Matt raining on the commentary complaining about pupil size I it's fucking like, hate it. I don't that. like those was-
1: pupils it's just like let them be big they're fine shut yeah, up <laughs> it doesn't matter matt matt, matt is weird <laughs> uh he, he has certain picadillas about stuff that i'm just like and same with like at the end of the episode he has a note on crying that i'm just like give it a break matt appreciate like, the good crying on the screen <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah i guess in this scene as as homer and marge are checking in on bart in his head he's playing the bartzilla level or the uh or the b- the flying bartman stage <laughs> against poor, the, the pink elephant poor child <laughs> And, uh, and also I really love, again, great framing of this, like a shot they never do on the show, which is the, the written scene is Homer and March check in on Bart and kind of fawn over him. The directorial choice by David Silverman is that the camera stays in the hallway. And so you're kind of this observer looking in on this world. And it's, it's a really like, you know, gutsy choice. I, I like that. And it's the kind of thing you don't see anymore. <laughs> Uh, there's
4: several times in this episode where bart's room just has no door it just looks like uh, it's it's another it's another room in the house like the living room. it's like a nook yeah Uh, and
1: and uh when it comes back to bart sleeping that's just another iconic drawing of bart like him with his nose on top uh sticking out of the pillow as he's squished into it like I think they've reused that posed a number of times to express sleeping and and it totally looks like a silverman drawing as well bart wakes up realizes he is completely unprepared he gets on the bus and and Otto is definitely in his season one mode of being the only adult bart likes and he's like hey Otto, man i gotta tell you my problems <laughs> and yeah he says he can't crash the bus on purpose but he might get lucky <laughs> uh then bart really should have asked lisa for help but i I guess he's yeah. above that still. The amount
0: of uh like Lisa doesn't get enough in this episode. I like the episode, but it feels like that is the missing element here.
4: Yeah, is Lisa yeah, being part of it. It's a real big overlooking of the whole thing.
1: When when she finally inserts herself into the story to be the moral guardian for Bart, it it does feel more like you could have just been this the whole episode. Like or especially the middle of the i think it's funnier that martin tries to be his tutor but it could totally work with lisa being his tutor in the show too uh but instead bart turns to sherry and terry also voiced by the late Rusie taylor uh i just watched one of the new ones where uh gray griffin has replaced her voice and she's she's good she's good but it uh, you know it's she's very hard to replace
4: there ain't no russie taylor <laughs>
1: this bit here of them giving him the wrong answers i don't feel like they're funny enough no
0: no like giant rats Mm -hmm. uh the the bart comment like oh history's coming alive i like that (laughs) but it feels like uh there could have been a better a better run of jokes Mm -hmm. Uh, it's no it's no boner (laughs)
1: land (laughs) the uh exchange though does feel like a very life in hell exchange though and uh and i do really though love the way martin over explains how they're wrong about it i i like that a lot
2: Uh look at him i bet he didn't study again and now he's gonna try to kiss up and get answers from us he's pathetic good morning girls good Good morning morning, mark say who's (laughs) up for a little cram session i'll go first what was the name of the pilgrim's boat the spirit of saint Louis. And where'd they land? Sunny Acapulco. And why'd they leave England? Giant rats. Cool, history's coming alive. (laughs) As a natural enemy, I don't know why I should care, but the information pertaining to America's colonial period that you just received is erroneous. So you're saying... A blindfolded chimp with a pencil in his teeth has a better chance of passing this test than you do. Hmm. thanks for the pep talk
1: i love that martin says too many words for stuff he should have said those le- those answers were wrong but he says we're erroneous and he just surprised like,
0: barton goes uh <laughs> too erroneous that's
1: right he, he, he's not as stupid as he'll be in a couple seasons <laughs> Think again that the when Martin has speeches like that, it does remind me of how I talked as a kid of just over saying things to say to be smart instead of just being direct with people. As Bart challenges himself to come up with a brilliant idea, it ultimately is like I'm sick, like just the the oldest trick in the book of faking being sick. But I do love his the animation of his fall out of the chair yeah. is really great.
4: <laughs> I also just love every every child in this is grazed. Again, just straight out of life and hell the way it looks. <laughs> Not even just like Wendell, Sherry Terry. Everyone you don't see anymore. The kid with the glasses. The huge Frode kid next to him. Yeah, the, they
0: wanted to make every kid like very like hideous, but they realized how distracting it was.
1: Yeah, it's a <laughs> so little Akbar and Jeff looking kid in the back row. <laughs> yeah, eventually over time they took they took the remaining. You'll still see some season one kids, but they have been morphed so much to be like they they basically aren't the Klasky Chupo giant headed children. I'm looking at it
0: now, like they still keep they still keep the kid that's like the young Doc Brown from Back to the Future with like oh, the yeah. the white jacket and the glasses and the crazy hair and also the girl with the green glasses they kept her around too that green
4: glasses girl yeah yeah. I love that kid that kid is so the the pink pink glasses Doc Brown kid is like the coolest kid in the whole thing (laughs)
1: Uh, and so Bart goes to the uh, the nurse the rarely seen character Mrs. Phipps only
0: named in Lisa Sachs when Uh, they're uh, uh, uh. sort of doing a welcome to school thing with Skinner and he introduces people like uh, J. Lauren Pryor it's a weird Mm. like season one throwback but yeah Mrs. Phipps uh, the school nurse before it was funnier to just have uh, lunch lady Doris do it. Yeah, I get two paychecks uh, this way.
1: I I think the big choice by Gene and Reese when they took over was to collapse characters and function. They actually were kind of. Uh, thinning the cast more because characters like mrs phipps she's not funnier than lunch lady doris so just give lunch lady doris her job and same with what do you need a dr j lauren prior for when skinner can say and do everything he does
0: and not sound like mr burns
1: and not and and, and or look like his son either that's true <laughs> I, it's a cute little joke how Bart starts whistling as he's walking down and then goes back to it like this. This shows he's got smarts, but for misbehavior, like it's. uh And they they note on the commentary that the joke of her the phips picking up the tongue depressors is from the storyboard, like that. I I think they were almost um crapping on the joke a little bit of just like that's too that's too over the top.
4: I was so to say I just like I thought that I wrote that down. That's funny. It's just a, yeah. like a little throwaway. Kind Kind of like oh what's the nurse like oh she's literally picking up tongue depressors not cleaning them just putting them back <laughs> yeah they, <laughs> gave, the
0: they gave her more to do than the writing really did yeah they gave yeah. her like more of a character i think than just yeah. being like a hypochondriac i guess it was her character
1: uh according to the wiki she only makes nine appearances in episodes uh, at least in any like you know this doesn't mean like a crowd shot in the movie or whatever but is in like on stage and waving or for example in camp in camp crusty during the countdown sequence she says like don't don't take that out, don't open your mouth as somebody as millhouse right. has nine like little bits like that is where she appears probably like her
0: second and only <laughs> la- like last speaking appearance uh,
1: i they could have done more with old phipps i think she could have been but especially because they give her the character of hypochondriac who believes anything a kid is, tells her which that's great i i like that season
0: 33 return of phipps <laughs> <laughs> is that joanne like harris
1: i think it is joanne harris yeah i think you're right uh but yes uh, bart is diagnosed
2: Ooh. what's the matter son mm, sharp staring pains in my stomach oh dear i've heard of this Do you feel the shooting pain in your arm? Both arms, ma'am. Hmm. Temporary loss of vision? who said that? Come closer. Yes, dear? Ah. Uh, maybe, um, one more dish. Make a double cappuccino chocolate fudge. Ooh, your third bowl. I think you may be on the mend. Is there anything else I can get you? Hmm. Perhaps the TV? Of course. Homer! What? Bring the television up. Bart's got his vision back. Dope! Oh. Oh, I
4: wish I had a more, you huh.
2: Everyone knows you're faking it, Bart. Well, everyone better keep their mouth shut. You're going to have to fail that history test sooner or later. I've got my bases covered.
0: Yeah, uh, that was Joanne Harris, and I think they got rid of Phipps because she left the show in, like, 1992.
1: Oh, Harris, yeah, yeah. that's right. I, I like when Mart says he's got his vision vision back. That means Mart has been pretending to be blind for days at this
4: point. <laughs> <laughs> and, I uh, love the ape thing homer's watching again tap dancing a little ape yeah <laughs> uh,
0: f- a funky little animation there it's important to point out like as 30 years have passed what uh were jokes then but aren't now and that double cho- that double cappuccino chocolate fudge that was a joke like could you imagine an ice cream flavor that insane but now we've evolved in terms of snacks like that's just like that's the past
1: so in the past like yeah now now i feel like it's almost in the past to have just like the the comedy names for things thing like uh, uh ben and jerry's parody names for things like that feels uh like too plain of a chop of a ice cream name and uh, another
4: cute touch that is not like not like a good joke but just like a good touch is maggie and lisa and and the cat just all hanging out with bart while watching the only tv in the house
1: yeah yeah you're right i i didn't even take it as that but it is lisa maggie can't sit on the couch to watch tv right now because it's in bart's room that's why they're there oh that's great yeah (laughs)
4: It's cute, especially when the cat starts pawing at, like, him writing down Millhouse's wrong answers. Oh, shit. yeah.
0: I love that little touch. I, I don't know if that was in the script, but it's really nice just to see the cat claw come in and just hit the paper.
1: <laughs> yeah. When would Snowball 2 ever get to be on screen, <laughs> let alone act like a cat? Like, that, that doesn't happen.
4: It's, like the writers took over the show too much
1: <laughs> yeah I, I feel like uh, you know the animators got to be like well it'd just be natural in a scene to have this little business and then feel like over time they were just told you that's not your decision to make we if we wanted that cat doing stuff it's in the script cat does stuff
0: and we get a twister mouth in this scene as well. Yeah, I think on the word mouth.
1: Yes, yeah, it's a twister mouth on mouth when he says, "Well, everyone better keep their mouth shut." Mouth. Uh, you can hear me moving my head as I say it. I'm I'm trying to force my own body to do a twister mouth as I say it. It like. will kill you. if You can do it once. <laughs>
4: that's how i'll go out doing a twister mouth
1: uh i also like that bart is kind of like an agent calling millhouse where he's like hey how's it going anyway how was that test last week <laughs> a good setup is millhouse is bart's best friend too like who's who's he called millhouse and we're hearing him by name at this point like millhouse is getting built up quite a lot on the show after this then there's a good joke that bart completely fails it seemingly gets a zero until this is even worse than millhouse is which a funny, a funny line.
0: And we get the squeaky yeah. pen from oh uh, There's even old a great red. little
1: glisten as she pulls it out. Like it felt like an after effect but it's really great. Mm-hmm. I the 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 way she pulls out old red and then the specifics of her movements. I, I like that yeah. And so yes the return of Dr. J. Lauren Pryor probably the second to last appearance of his that has any importance in the show i i I, third he's in separate vocations too
0: i hate him i don't like this character (laughs) uh i feel like there's there should be like a joke to him but there's not Mm. he's i guess he's kind of uh callous a a bit i guess He's
4: he's too normal for the simpsons i wrote that i was like i mean like yeah i remember he is he was a used figure but like if they kept him what kind of character could he have been like he's too normal to be funny he has no little things about him you're right all the good lines that he could say can be given by can be given to anyone else including skinner or kerbopple you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah his, his his role is just to either tell bart where he's going or where he won't be going <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know maybe that's the behind the scenes story here is that Pryor is so mad at looking like a fool from Bart that that's why he's trying to damn him to uh to repeating the fourth grade but he's yeah he's just too natural you're right he just acts like a i maybe that's because he He's pulled from like greening in others' childhood. Of this is a crappy teacher somewhere in school who decided instead of helping me that I was a lost cause and would just crap all over me and not give me any chances. Like, just he's. Uh, but his speeches they're not they're not particularly funny. They're just like negative. Like I, I I think it's kind of funny that he goes like and as emotionally crippling as it is. Like he recognizes it's one. He's recognizing the scarring he's doing to a child as he says it but then still does it.
0: Yeah. I I mean, you could see why they got rid of him. He kind of drags down whatever scene he's in because there's like nothing to him really. Mm
4: -hmm. The underachiever and proud of it line. Did that predate the shirt?
1: No, it has to. I think it's yeah, specifically about the, shirt. the shirt. Yeah,
0: I, on the commentary, okay. they said it's a reaction to the shirt.
4: Mm, yeah, okay, okay. I I remember hearing that and going like, wait a minute, that was a shirt. Did, <laughs> did they turn that to a shirt? Got I got confused. I mind. think
1: that shirt was sold out. I don't. I I had the Bart with his slingshot shirt but i if that's the one that said underachiever and proud of it i guess i did have it but i don't i don't remember having. I, mean, I never got in trouble for a bart shirt at school. yeah i'm just thinking
0: like uh back to our season one revisit they had merchandise on store shelves before the show had aired yeah yeah so like they were gearing that stuff up because the show was going to premiere in the fall but didn't so mm. things were available like well before the airing of season one
1: Oh yeah! By by February, they were it had already hit the news of like Bart shirts are everywhere. But is it good? And <laughs> uh, oh, I mean we we talked to the the Bill Cop about his time on the on the shorts in like '88, and he he knew then it was coming. Like the Simpsons was not gonna be nothing on the on the tracy ullman show like the all the merchandise plans were made ahead of time like in 89 you can hear graining do an npr interview about like oh yeah we met with all the merch people they wanted x y or z like yeah i think i think from like late 88 they knew they knew what was gonna be happening with or at least what they hoped to happen with simpsons merchandise and uh as as Pryor describes the problems i like that homer shuts down and just hears blah 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 like uh-huh. the 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 argument that uh, like homer is actually probably worse at all of these attention deficit problems that bart has and uh and then another moment that feels very well observed is how these teachers who seemingly are supposed to be helping bart they put him on trial like it's an interrogation of of a child here
0: yeah like what's wrong with you why can't you do this
1: i know and just this
4: again it's like it's uh, the onus is on the child and like i can understand bart's frustration at the end and he does he barely like sure he gets the d and passes you know spoilers but it just feels like that's it feels like there's still an overlying like it's always going to be on you my dude
1: yeah (laughs) and it's a well-observed frustration that a child has of like what do you want from me i I don't i'm 10 i don't know anything about myself why are you asking uh but yes bart gets some bad news in this next clip
3: bart has failed his last four exams in history Is there anything you're not telling us? No. Every other student in the class has shown at least
2: some form of improvement, and yet you continue to struggle. Why is that?
3: I don't know. Uh, But look at these results. 55, 42, 26, a 12 on state capitals. Okay, okay. (laughs) Why are we dancing around the obvious? I know it,
2: you know it. I am dumb, okay? Dumb as a post. Think I'm happy about it? There, there, Bart. You're just a late bloomer.
3: Oh, I wish it were that simple. As shameful and as emotionally crippling as it may be, I'm afraid my recommendation is for Bart Simpson to repeat
2: the fourth grade. What? You can't hold me back. I'll do better. I promise. I'm oh, sure Promises. that'll Promises. be the day. Well, maybe it <laughs> would help him to be left back. It won't be so bad, Bart. No, I mean it. He can't hold me back. I swear I'm gonna do better. Look at my eyes. See the sincerity? See the conviction? See the fear? As God is my witness, I can pass the fourth grade!
4: And if you don't, at least you'll be bigger than the other
1: kids.
0: It is fun to see this different Bart, who is not excited about getting the Flintstone phone in kindergarten.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you're right. He was totally fine with being held back then. This this is more of a natural child response of like when you're the the threat of having to be held back. Like it is this. It can be emotionally crippling for a kid for sure because you are just told like, oh, all of my friends are going to a different class. Like it's I'm not gonna know them anymore, and everyone will know I'm the dumb kid who got held back. Like. Like it's it's like a child death sentence, it, or it can feel like when you're a little kid.
0: Yeah, because yeah, when you're a kid, a year is like a lifetime oh, if you've yeah. only lived 10 years.
1: Uh, and, and Bart knows he screwed Like if it happens, so he has like a real kid reaction to it, uh, though he does... They loved this on. On uh, they loved quoting the "Gone with the Wind" thing, like "As God is my witness, I'll." They they did it so many times. They do it much more specifically with Skinner at the end of this season, with uh, when he swears to become the principal again. <laughs>
0: and this act is uh, 11 minutes long
1: it's so long yeah i was like wow how are we only at the end of act one at this point in the podcast but it's because it's it's half of the episode i feel like i i feel like the actual planned commercial break would have been when she says like i warned you bart and like that would be the end of like that danger but uh yes then we come back from ble- break break bart turns to Otto. i just love that it's such a very cute drawing of not only just bart's like giant head from that angle but also in a very childlike way he's pulling at his fingers just super nervous i
0: love that little bit of animation there
1: it's they never get to be cute kids anymore you know yeah uh but yes Otto has some words of wisdom
2: (laughs) get off the bus forever
3: hold your peace little dudes
2: Otto, you know I respect you. I mean, you always let us throw stuff at cars and try to tip the bus on sharp turns. (laughs) Damn thing never goes over, does it? Uh, So what's in your head, little man? Well, I've been failing a lot of tests recently. Yeah, huh? And now they're talking about holding me back in the fourth grade if I don't shape up. That's it? Hey, relax, man. It could end up being the best thing that ever happened to you. I got held back in the fourth grade myself. Twice. Look at me, man. Now I drive the school bus.
0: Yeah, I love the the <laughs> the hot mics and just Ugh. the tiny rooms they're in. You could just hear the, the sound bouncing off that and oh what a glorious day. You could just yeah. hear the shitty recording studio they're in.
4: Bart's blank expression after he says, Now I drive the bus is like <laughs> as good as Lisa's stare. You know? <laughs> yes, <yeah. laughs> Again. it's uh, just like not what I wanted, man.
0: <laughs> different Bart. I mean, how many Bart, you know, episodes have had him seeing a dark future for himself, cutting back to him saying, Cool. Like yeah. he would love to be. Yeah.
1: he yeah. would think that was yeah. awesome the uh i i also like how you know everybody gets old we're all getting older but just listening to a recent one where harry shearer i i was watching a recent episode along with my husband who doesn't watch it as regularly as i do and he hears a burns line and he's just like well wait who's playing burns now oh, I go no. like, no no that's still harry <laughs> he he just sounds that way now and comparing that to you know 30 years earlier when he just screams now i drive like god uh, he was a
0: young man of 47 playing auto in this (laughs) in this uh, scene
1: probably heard his voice too at that time and he's doing that for like 30,000 an episode like kind of a pittance for how much money simpsons was making at that time Then comes the thing I did not notice our first time watching it, I think, but after Bart reacts to Otto, you see a shot from above of Bart entering the school and then a pan across the room of him thinking, those two shots in the sequence even are taken directly from the Bart, the general episode. So, oh really? Okay. Yeah. Even the, the tracking shot on Bart, I was like, Oh, this is the, it's all the stuff that precedes Bart, Uh, being attacked by the giant nelson in his dream
0: i'm looking at it now that is definitely like that episode's bart yeah funky bart
1: it's it's a much funkier bart but it's also the overhead shot of him entering the school is even taken from it so i wonder if you know it was one of those things like they needed a retake and it was too late so they just reused the similar shot but it uh this is another of those things where it's like oh yeah just like bart the genius and bart the general bart gets an f leans on daydreams to fill out the thing too like there's no time for a b story it's just all right what does bart fantasize a couple times in this as he's going to school and uh in this fantasy though is a a dark and very specific future for Bart.
2: repeat the fourth grade
3: all right class the topic is world literature what was the pirate's name in treasure island bart simpson look lady i got a peptic
2: a wife hawking me for a new car, and I need a root Canal. Will you quit bugging me about the stupid pirate? Psst.
3: Long John Silver, Dad. I heard that, Bart, Junior. I want to see both of you after class today. Oh, thanks a lot, son.
0: He's got a Homer uh, do- proto-doe and sort of like the Jackie Gleason uh, delivery. You're too. right. Yeah. Uh, what I noticed <laughs> about this is obviously, you know, Mac uh, Greening, Futurama creator, uh, they're in the future, but no, like, future touches in this scene. Mm, yeah. Like, Krabappel's head not in a jar, no, like, interesting things happening out the window. Like, you wouldn't know this was the future outside of, like, the purple desks that have, like, a light pen kind of chained to them mm-hmm. and, like, the, the touchscreens, which could-, could just be, like, a piece of paper if you're not reading it. Right away, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. They could have futured it up a bit more, like like they do in the future classroom and and Lisa's wedding. I, I like that the Bart Junior in his dreams actually does know the right answer, which is like did did Bart learn the right answer at some point and he knows yeah, it for his dreams?
4: That like that begs the
1: question: Did Bart actually know that? <laughs> uh, I will say any flash forward to show old Edna reminds me of the sad fact in universe that the character of edna krabappel's dead and and if you take the the obviously this is not ever how the show is meant to be read but in the (laughs) in the canonicity of bart never leaving the fourth grade it would mean that all the adventures he has with edna is also accompanied by his teacher dying while he's in that same class and so it's a lot to put on poor bart
4: jesus i do like edna's older design like it's no it's no head in a jar it's nothing it just feels like yeah this what if a simpsons character was all wrinkly is what they
1: look like. <laughs> uh, so many
0: extra lines
1: and <laughs> and uh they don't put a date on this scene but i do like to imagine that's 40 year old bart meaning this scene is set in 2020 i like i like to think that
4: Happy anniversary.
1: (laughs) And also what's weird is that Bart's shirt color is all wrong throughout the episode. But in his daydream, Bart Jr. has the right color shirt for Bart. That is bizarre. Uh, So, yes, Bart is taken out of his dream as uh, a ball rolls away. He asks Martin for some help and uh, Martin it over explains it i didn't want to mess with the ball and play and then of course gives a girlish throw back also uh, that scene
0: opens with bart getting hit in the head with the ball and not reacting like homer does and i believe life on the fast lane you're
1: right yeah that is one... that life on the fast lane uh yes okay. yeah it is yeah that's you're right it uh, it was a runner back then it was a runner back then that uh, somebody is too deep in thought to react to being hit in the head and then there's a bit that martin's book on the cover you can tell it's moby dick and that's why he says back to the forecastle of the pequod which is such a nerdy way to say i'm returning to read the book <laughs> moby dick because pequod is the name of the ship forecastle is the front of the ship that's that's why uh but uh, that's when bart has an idea
2: hey martin you have your ball i i have nothing else of value i need you to help me get a passing grade well You do need someone's help to get a passing grade, but I don't know why that someone should be me. Because I can make it so the other kids don't laugh at you so much. They laugh at me? (laughs) I'd always considered myself rather popular. You're not. Watch. (laughs) (laughs) But my my speed with numbers, my years of service as a hall monitor, my prize-winning dioramas... These things mean nothing to them? Perhaps another demonstration. <laughs> 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 Very well. You have made your point, Spark. And it's a deal? Yes.
1: Rusey's delivery, I'm like, I, you have your ball. I, I have nothing else of value. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's
0: pleading for uh, Mercy. <laughs>
1: And I like that it destroys Martin's entire sense of self, that he's just like, Wait, everyone laughs at me? All you know, these things should mean something. All of
0: these things I've seen in kids' cartoons growing up, uh, the idea of a hall monitor, I never experienced that in my uh, actual life. Did we just stop deputizing mm-hmm. children uh the service role
1: so in my school we did have hall monitor types they weren't called hall monitors though they were called like guardians or something honestly it was like a you were given the same kind of like sash and belt buckle thing but it was more about just making sure kids didn't run in front of cars at the mm. car pickup area in my school
0: yeah we just had teachers standing in the hallway going no running no uh, running
1: okay. I, yeah i think i just had teachers too, watching, yeah. like watching out shit uh, but also that i feel like everything martin lists are the things that the harvard guys and the, sco- the group of uh, writers did in school like i can i can imagine a young al Jean to thinking he'd be very popular with the dioramas he'd been making <laughs> that uh i guess i guess martin is a multi-time champion of diorama rama i forget do we
0: see him at diorama rama
1: mm, boy i don't i don't recall a joke he's got to be there but yeah, I remember here are the grapes and here are the wrath. I remember Lisa and Lisa's rival and the uh, the Star Wars toys, but I don't remember anything
5: else.
0: He's in the-, the scene, but I don't think they show off his diorama.
1: Okay. Oh, and of course uh, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that yes. was there too. I yeah. begged you to let me go
0: first. <laughs> I begged. You. Also, Rusie
1: Taylor. Wow. Oh man, <laughs> he can't speak any longer either. It sucks. It's uh, who else can do that? Very the broad German <laughs> accent. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Bart uh, Bart shadowing shadowing Martin's worldview, and like this whole thing is could easily be longer than it is like this is like a whole movie plot that goes over two minutes of the nerd and the and the cool kid decide to teach each other something except instead of learning to be friends bart is betrayed
0: this could have been an episode honestly
1: absolutely like there's a good little montage of them teaching each other things i i like how bart takes away his bicycle helmet which it's like boy a sensor even two years (laughs) later would be like don't show bart telling kids not to wear their helmet and and also bart explaining to him why sitting in the back of the bus is better than sitting towards the front uh and i think uh, that is my desk that they show in the, in the episode that uh, i should this reminds <laughs> me again i should get a plant that it uh that it help me focus more uh but uh, and i also like the joke of Bart gave Martin a comic book to read. Martin gave him a book to read and each put the other thing inside of it to sneak reading it. It's uh, not
0: a radioactive man, though.
1: I wish it was the radioactive man, specifically the prop they used in Bart the Genius. That would be even better. Yeah. Like
0: zooming in on this very hard to read thing. It looks like it says Cosmic Defender or something uh, like that.
1: Just why make up a secondary radioactive man radioactive man's the best and uh, so yes uh, the, oh there's even a bit of callback there's two callbacks to uh, i am a wiener here but i i like bart tries to teach him how to do a bad drawing and instead he draws a, a very nice mural and an ode to miss krabappel very
0: very like 70s style yeah. mural and he even signs <laughs> it
1: and uh, and also more silver mini stuff they as a repeat if you remember in bart the genius when mi- when martin's outside bart's making faces at him and they're trading faces back and forth in a sequel scene to that bart does a lot of the same faces as he's trying to teach martin how to do them and it's uh really great drawings like again very david Silvermany of uh of bart's like uh, his underbite face and all that love that and yeah
0: the- that
4: underbite is a is a classic one
0: Hitting, uh, hitting Bart with a writing crop as he's learning how to highlight a book. Yes, It's like, next <laughs> time we'll try it with a real book.
1: I love that. That Bart wasn't even... That, that was practicing how to study, but not actually studying the thing Bart needs to, which I guess they needed that, that real book line also helps because once Martin abandons him in the next scene that's when bart bart is screwed because he didn't actually learn anything he he learned how to learn but he didn't actually learn the history information that would let him pass this test and uh, then we get some really fun animation on martin's freak out as he learns the joys of being popular
2: thought that pushing a boy into the girls' laboratory <laughs> could be such a thrill. The screams, the humiliation, the fact that it wasn't me. I've never felt so alive. Great, Martin. Now, <clears throat> big test is tomorrow, and I haven't even started. <laughs> Who cares about some test? Life's too short for tests. Hey, I thought we had a deal. Ha, ha, ha! The Martin Prince you made a deal with no longer exists. Come on, fellows, to the arcade. To
0: the Martin. All <laughs> right, Martin, Martin. Martin. Martin Fink. Martin Fink. <laughs>
4: old martin and hella jeff and hella bart Excuse
0: me. <laughs> i love the martin redesign we see later it's great yeah he,
1: he becomes uh, the uh, fast times character that uh spicoli, uh, spicoli. he basically comes he, with he becomes like the
0: poochie of the show he
1: is yes you're right yeah uh i i also uh, only hearing it in the audio version the breathing that Rusie taylor does <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> so good uh man the uh yeah it is his freak out his wild hair in the shot and and also just his perfect explanation of how it feels to go from bullied to bullier you're like oh it does feel good to 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 laugh at someone else instead of being laughed at you that can't give good. nerds a
0: taste of that power it's that corrupts <laughs> them
1: that's how you end up with ted Cruz's of the world <laughs> Uh, But yes, then Bart is broken once more. He made this deal. He helped Martin. Martin screwed him over, which I guess is the final lesson he learns. He's finally going to have to just learn for himself. But first he turns to prayer.
2: Well, old timer, I guess this is the end of the road. I know I haven't always been a good kid, but if I have to go to school tomorrow, I'll fail the test and be held back. I just need one more day to study, Lord. I need your help. Prayer. The last refuge of a scoundrel. A teacher strike, a power failure, a blizzard, anything that'll cancel school tomorrow. I know it's asking a lot, but if anyone can do it, you can. Thanking you in advance, your pal, Bart Simpson
1: so that bit there i never noticed into uh, before but that clearly lisa never said a line as animated yeah yeah yeah. i think they just packed in an extra line like oh it's weird to just see lisa silently walk away we should just this is too much silence let's get another line in here which i i think it's a fine line but i think it works better of as a character moment for lisa to be like oh bart might uh, i'm peering in on bart but he might see me i better run off and it just all all plays out silently but in, instead they just decide to go with a uh, honestly a very like harvard thing because it's i didn't know this until googling it but it's a it's a famous quote
0: by, by samuel johnson except it's about patriotism as yes. the last <laughs> refuge of the scoundrel <laughs>
1: Which is extra funny because Bart's learning about the Declaration of Independence, and Samuel Johnson was very anti the Declaration of Independence and the colonies' independence.
4: I always liked how they dealt with um, religion in this way. It just it was, it is always the last refuge, but it's it's something that's there, but not like ever big in their life beyond having to go every sunday you know mm. and like it's not even like revered like let I me mean, look how they treat flanders as an annoying character <laughs> um, but it's just it's just something a higher force i mean lisa literally says that you know she's no she's no theologian but some a bigger force gave bart his blizzard
1: <laughs> it's uh yeah it is a, it is kind of a christian world for the simpsons in these early days hearing hearing bart when he tells martin about where to sit He says like, and it's not just for school, it goes for church too, Hmm. like that... To even hear a character on a TV show say that goes for church, assuming like, well, yeah, if I'm a child talking to another child, you obviously are forced to go to church like I am, which is that they, they could make that expectation in the 90s. Uh, but yeah. yes, then then comes in a single bit of snow and boom, the snow has fallen with
0: it, uh, to the tune of Hallelujah.
1: Oh, yeah. That I got to say, you know, the the this new composer for it going for obvious sound cues, a whole lot on that.
0: that feels like that was in the script right yeah something that on the nose and uh you know just that direct of a pull
1: i think you're right yeah well they i mean they go with an even bigger obvious pull of just them singing a christmas carol in this october television show but yes, as we come back from the break, Bart awakens to a wonderful snow day. They head down to the kitchen and that's where we get the, another for our first of uh, a few more first appearances in this episode, Bill and Marty.
0: It's the Bill and Marty show. He's Bill. He's Marty. <laughs> Two grown men who can't get enough of each other. And it looks like we've got some snow formation for all those flake lovers out there.
5: Mm hmm.
0: Springfield Electric, gas, and water plants are closed for the day. Oh, now don't forget the nuclear power plant, <laughs> Bill. Let's <laughs> <That's> close, <laughs> Woohoo! All right! Now, for all you youngsters, you toddlers, this is what you've been waiting for Springfield County schools are. I can't read it. I'm. Too excited. Uh oh, Springfield <laughs> County School <laughs> will <laughs> be
5: <laughs> closed. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, come back! You're
2: not. You're supposed to be. <laughs> Remember to take a break if your arms go numb. Hey, I heard you last night, Bart. You prayed for this. Now your prayers have been answered. I'm not theologian. I don't know who or what God is exactly. All I know is he's a force more powerful than mom and dad put together, and you owe (laughs) him big. You're right. They asked for a miracle, and I got it. I got to study, man.
1: So yes, KBBL's Bill and Marty, their first ever appearance. Uh, they won't be seen on screen until Bart versus Thanksgiving, which mm. is when they host the Thanksgiving Day Parade. I can't believe it took them to the season two to come up with them because they, they feel like such institutions to me in the show. And it's, I think it's Dan and Harry's best combo performance together. Yeah, there's
0: been other radio characters, but not these guys yet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Only in a couple episodes. does over time, it shows that like Bill and marty hate each other and just like <laughs> i think it's in i i think it's thanksgiving where you get the line like you're dead weight bill <laughs> like uh but but i love just like we're two grown men who can't get enough of each other
0: oh wait, i think that was when he couldn't stop playing the monster mash that's on, right uh, on valentine's day
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right uh and then uh, oh yeah it's in it's in the thanksgiving one where he goes like now i know how the pilgrims felt what like, what does that mean
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh and i like i do like too that bill and marty are just teasing it out even longer to torture kids to let them know though The now that i think about it isn't it really bad that a blizzard shut down every power plant like yeah <laughs> uh,
0: homer should be going to work uh,
1: yeah, probably. uh and then bart says his second ever cowabunga in the series and the and in the 2002 commentary they're like whoa he said it what the
0: hell <laughs> they were asleep at the switch for that uh uh, I think it was uh, Homer's Odyssey commentary
1: yeah yeah it's uh, oh no no it's Telltale Head yeah it's when he, you're he right goes through the half pipe and just says it yeah but in this case that one almost felt like an afterthought they're like oh I guess he should say Cowabunga while jumping on his board but this is very clearly lip synced and everything like <laughs> Bart's about to jump outside and he's excited he's gotta say Cowabunga and
0: we just did Behind the Laughter where Bart's like I never said Cowabunga in my life
1: yes You're right. That was the last episode we did i do like as bart decides to stay indoors he describes what's bad about a snow day which uh i've never no i guess one year when i lived in georgia i was like eight we had a snow day but Mm. i've never had a snow day since
0: you really missed out southern boy they were glorious
4: i'm just saying they're so fun to just have like a little extra day off
0: yeah like we had so many snow days one year that we had to like make up a few days we had like Uh... i think more than two weeks of snow days the blizzard of 93 (laughs)
1: See, oh dear. in Florida, we just had hurricane days, and you're not allowed outside on those mm. days. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, now the but but Bart's description of like ah, your ears start to get cold, and all these other things. Like, uh, it can't be that great, right? Oh, it's it's fantastic. <laughs>
0: it's amazing.
1: I'm sounding like Bart now.
0: <laughs> the sledding, the cocoa, uh,
1: and uh, yes, yeah, Silverman on the commentary. He. Uh, i'm glad he finally gets a chance to speak on it and just say like this pan across like first off to fully redesign the town and every character in snow related costumes is a gigantic task in an already busy episode but to do a long panning shot across the whole town that is a huge ask that i don't think the animators understood i want the the writers understood
0: i want to know how big that piece of art is that background as they're scanning across it it's got to be like 30 feet long
4: it seems like there's a, an obvious cut when they get to the um uh, the ice bear sculpture with a with, uh, 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 what's his name jebediah or something yeah so i yeah. wonder if like maybe there's like two like there's that and then it, there's another one that starts as uh as lisa and marge
1: start ice skating you know
0: there there's a big cut but even before that that is a long piece of art oh, they're skating yeah. across
1: oh, yeah. i bet it was probably hoped that they could get it from that full pan over to the ice skating rink and then even farther to the band and then over to the the mayor. I think they, they wanted that entire thing. But as it pans over to the ice skating rink, that feels very Christmas special peanuts to me and uh and also we get to see at first like uh you know teases of a relationship between skinner and edna there
0: i did like to see sparks flying between those two it would never work out between them unfortunately but they were made for each other
1: it's sad <laughs> as
4: before it zooms in on on skinner and, and kerbopple the, the other people playing with them seem to be mrs F- miss finn the nurse uh he looks like Jay Lauren, but I, I can't tell, and then Mo comes up right behind him. Oh, yeah.
1: That's very random that Moe is up like yeah.
4: just Mo hanging out
1: and uh, i also like that homer and burns briefly are in like a 1940s film of yeah. just him knocking off his head and, like you ragamuffin
0: and in the scene uh, of all the characters holding hands uh, at the last minute they wanted to put in herman because he has no uh, other arm to hold hands with somebody mm-hmm. uh, but they didn't get it worked out in time like sam simon wanted to fire it off to some like outside animation studio just to put in like five extra seconds of herman with no one to hold hands with
1: uh, it's a joke that came in too late which is too bad because it would have been pretty funny but it would have yeah. given. And herman
0: like one other thing to do before the pulp fiction parody uh
1: and and they really do put everybody in there including sideshow bob like sideshow bob is handcuffed to wiggum but he got to go out for the snow day
4: this is this is not the first joe quimby
1: right it is the first appearance ah! of him. you are correct
0: yes he originally appeared in the table read script for the telltale head as uh jim diamond jim quimby uh meant to be like a boss tweed type yeah. so Uh, in this one uh, they in the commentary they're like oh we didn't put like a mayor sash so you don't know who's the mayor but he's announcing what the day is I think it's pretty obvious
1: yeah a big a big thanks to uh, that guy 3002 on Twitter who has so many great Uh, pulls from original scripts uh especially because when he brought up that telltale head thing al jean replied to him of like yeah it was inspired by real life guy diamond jim brady Mm. who was a gilded age rich guy that's uh basic that's the the short version of it so that's why he's diamond j something uh, so but yeah he's uh, it's it's interesting to know that in season one they knew they wanted a mayor and had pretty much the idea of who they wanted as the mayor of springfield but you couldn't see him until here and uh it's i believe in the uh season 12 episode we'll be doing next he's gone so far as to be saying like hey we're all scared and horny <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but yes it's the funnest day in the history of springfield
4: <laughs> gotcha <you>, burnsey <laughs> Why, you young ragamuffin, I was never one to back away from a snowball fight. Smithers, you may fire at will. Certainly, sir.
2: I hereby declare this day to be Snow Day, the funnest day in the history of Springfield. Yeah!
0: And obviously pulling from uh, Grinch as well. Yes. The the classic Grinch, not the other two ones they made.
1: As eight-year-old me, I felt weird hearing a Christmas carol song in October, though... Now Christmas comes earlier than ever these years.
0: <laughs> I did want to point out one thing. Some serious research that other people did for me mm. is that uh, we pull out from the crowd and there's just this beautiful shot of Patty and Selma being driven by in this like horse drawn carriage. I'm like, what is this? It wasn't on the wiki, uh, the Wikipedia for this episode. It wasn't in the episode capsule on snpp.com. What is this? So immediately I went to Twitter and asked and people found out it is a parody of the 1853 painting by Otto New uh called the road hyphen winter and this was produced for the uh, lithograph company courier and ives uh, who made lithographs for the common people and that image would be immortalized on christmas cards of the early 20th century so people remember it from that but the origins are this painting that was made in the mid 19th century so that is uh, what that is a
1: parody of that specific thing these boomers grew up seeing on christmas cards <laughs> Uh, that's a gorgeous. <laughs> it's a gorgeous uh, artistic rendering of that. And now I realize it's the thing they reference in the sleigh, uh, the sleigh ride song, uh, the courier and knives. Uh, these oh. wonderful things are the things we'll remember all through our lives. Okay, yeah. I, I now. <laughs> I always forgot. Like, what's a courier and knives? It's a is somebody who delivers ivy. What
0: courier <laughs> and knives made a ton of like uh, Christmas
1: lithographs too. Uh, it's it's it was the art for the people. <laughs> Uh, it definitely I definitely
4: like a reference to something, even though I like, I had no clue either, but I just love them going
1: by and just a,
4: a small grunt for both of them. Mm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thank you for, for the research on that, Bob. I was yeah. shocked.
0: Someone added to the wiki page because uh, <laughs> this needs to be spread around. Like nobody figured this out until yeah. now. I couldn't find it. I tried every Google search, every like document about this episode it never showed up.
1: That's amazing. And I, I also love in the song that Krusty's voice is so loud in it (laughs) (laughs) and and he's still kind of doing the voice he did in like, (laughs) uh, 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 in telltale head of like, uh, I don't feel like killing him anymore. That's right. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and, and his... then you hear it, a like
0: Ooh!
1: <laughs> and and his snowsuit design like it's like a, a overall like uh yellow polka dot on red outfit like it's a thing crusty never wears but i i love the design on it
0: it definitely has the more rusty nails voice
1: yes yeah <laughs> all right and then we head back to the cellar with bart he has to escape this magical day of snow uh he heads into uh the same area he was for the some enchanted evening with the uh uh, the babysitter man did, and uh, then we head into a dream sequence that is exactly a sequel to the dream sequence on the train from Bart the Genius,
0: including the same like weird non Simpsons people yeah, with the yeah. like very tall heads. Every
1: bystander yeah. with a tall head Ac- and the ziggy nose. Yeah,
4: yeah. Some Akbar and Jeff looking motherfuckers in this yes, Congress. <laughs>
1: totally. <laughs> Uh, that feels like again another rule that Groening had of like don't I know I draw Akbar and Jeff characters but don't do it on the <laughs> Simpsons but yes uh, our Harvardy writers go back to their favorite thing the founding fathers and specific jokes about them
2: we hold these truths to be self evident we hold these truths to be self evident we hold these truths to be self evident that, that all men are created equal that from
4: that equal creation they derive rights inherent and in alien hey look everybody it's snowing in the middle of july it's a miracle oh, fellas i've invented something fun the sled oh, oh, oh. Oh. hey look everybody oh, oh. john hancock's writing his name in the
1: snow i didn't get that joke as a kid
0: yeah especially <laughs> hancock is the perfect guy for that uh,
1: yeah i like as an expression of bart's inability to focus i like that even in his very focused daydream or his trying to read it his visualization even they get distracted and leave and you get nothing i've
0: invented the sled <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin uh, Franklin I love that great although he Benjamin was like a hundred years old during that right
1: <laughs> <laughs> that whole thing he was yeah but uh, I guess he had just invented the bifocals so he's like oh, now a sled the, the sled apparently wasn't invented until the 1800s by not uh, Ben Franklin
4: uh. <laughs> I really like the, the little snake drawing on the don't sled on me joke that you see for That's... half a second
1: <laughs> yeah that, you're right they put more effort into that than it uh, deserved for how little they were showing
0: now that Gadsden flag meets something else I know they, yeah I still like that snake drawing. It's very wiggly.
1: <laughs> and yeah, also Bart slapping himself to try to focus. It it feels extra sad. Like, I think it was meant in 90, I thought it was just like, ah, it's a funny joke. But now to me, it's just so sad of this desperate kid who's like, no, I seriously want to study, but I, I can't. And you're just honestly self-harming and, and trying to focus.
0: His pencil's all chewed up and the family just sadly looking at their son hitting himself in the face. <laughs>
1: uh, it's like dis- it's like the
4: Ren and Stimpy where it ends with randomly Like, I hope no one sees this, and then everyone's watching it in the fucking
5: window.
1: <laughs> right, it's a, it's a very similar pen. Yeah. Oh god, I you just pity Bart so much. In a way, this feels like a prequel to the Ritalin episode. Really, that they did. Uh, that Bart Bart needs that focus in more than ever. Uh, and uh, so, yes, we then have a very abrupt clip back to the classroom. I, in my memory, I thought there was a more gradual move to the last scene. But instead it's like Bart slapping himself on the snow day and then it, it cuts between slaps back into the, him slapping himself in the classroom.
0: And I think it's where they're learning like these these quick cuts are way more effective. Like if that faded to like oh, the scene yeah. of him slapping himself again, I just like it's a quick cut and bam, he's just he's still slapping himself but in a different location. Yeah. It's it, really effective. It kind of
1: cuts on the noise of the slap. If it had it'd been Bart yeah, in season one, they'd had Bart slapping himself, and then it fades. And then fades back in on him, still slapping himself in the classroom.
4: Still with a chewed-up pencil, too.
1: <laughs> Good design on that chewed-up pencil. Maybe that... I don't know if I chewed on pencils before I saw that Bart did it, and then it was a cool thing to do. Uh, and also, we get to see the last shot of cool Martin Prince. Oh, man, with his skull <laughs> shirt? Uh, so cool, man. What happened? Those what hurt? Ha- <laughs> he looks a rat. What happened to Martin between this episode and the other one? He Why got
0: is- laid, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, he's a child i'm
0: kidding yes, of course yes, yeah uh
1: so i i cut up the endings kind of long but it's all pretty heartfelt so uh here's the first half of it where bart gets an f which that's also the joke of the title the title called bart gets an f is supposed to be like well yeah bart always gets an f he's bad at stuff like he gets an f but that's why it uh it, that is the joke of it i guess
0: i thought it was the f stands for friend and that's martin
1: oh, uh, No, no uh, i'm lying uh, Uh, But, yes, here's Bart getting an F. Mm -hmm.
3: Well, Bart, it's a 59. That's another F. Oh, no. I can't believe it. I know, I know. Another year together. Oh, it's going to be hell. (laughs) (laughs) What's the matter? Well, I would think you'd be used to failing by now.
2: No, you don't understand. I really tried this time. I mean, I really tried. There, there. Oh, this is as good as I can do, and I
3: still failed. Well, uh, 59, it's a high F. Who am I kidding? I really am a failure. <laughs> oh.
1: I like that moment because it, I think it really captures how it can feel the frustration of a kid who just, they don't know why they're not doing good in school and they feel bad about it, but they don't know what to do.
0: And no one's giving Bart any help. Like he needs more. Mm -hmm. He can't just be like self uh, sustaining in this effort. He needs like outside intervention
4: that line that she gives i thought you'd be used to failing is a fucking punch in the gut oh my god
0: (laughs) it's a bit of like humor to like kind of cut this very like sincere scene too
4: it just it just feels different now i mean like it's a very sincere scene but just like man jesus christ
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's what's interesting about how this is played because the, the whole show is you know this comedy and we're used to especially like satirical or parodic uh distance in the show but here's a moment where like She's she's doing a joke. She's just like, well, yeah, I'm in a sitcom, so here's my next joke line. Another year together, it's gonna be hell. And then Bart acts like an actual sad child whose (laughs) life is over, who just starts sobbing and. And Edna almost feels like she's an actor in a show of like, hey, what? whoa, whoa d- d- don't cry. Like, this, this isn't funny. <laughs> Stop.
0: And we've done a lot of trashing of Richard Gibbs. Now, Rubenstein, what are you thinking with this cue? It's uh, a little much. Yeah. It's a little yeah. much. <laughs> I can see why they went with Clausen. You know, definitely. Mm-hmm. I would have let more of this play on its own.
1: Yeah. The, the tears are enough. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I think it'd be even more blaring on Gibbs, but... One well, for Rubenstein, maybe he's just as like, well, Gibbs just did this for you last year. I thought this is what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Silverman's interesting on the commentary. He says it's a real challenge to draw a Bart breaking down and for it to read it sincere instead of, you know, he's used to drawing Bart. Bart makes a crazy face. Silverman's one of the best in the world at drawing a Bart crazy face. But here it's like, no, we need an earnestly sad face from Bart that works.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like really unusually fluid animation of him breaking down, but it was worth like spending all those extra frames on it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and then all Greening's got to say is that all oh, the tears, you know, we always have a problem with the tears. I'm like, give it a uh, rest. Can't you
0: appreciate the good animation you're seeing? <laughs> I'm he's... gonna
4: go back in time and drop
1: kick him.
0: <laughs> <right>. <laughs> like, he's not even complaining about the tears in this scene. He's just like, I always tell people only one just like appreciate what you're seeing now yeah. don't think about all the other times tears went
1: wrong <laughs> uh, this is the stuff you take for granted on david silverman don't you see <laughs> It's seemingly all over for Bart. Then this ending, I think, does feel slightly like a satirical choice, at least when put in comparison to the Cosby show that's up against it, because Cosby telling his son how to study, and he's really taking him through, uh, like, studying and telling him, I expect a certain level of performance from you. And then oppositely on The Simpsons, you have the success of. Awesome ending for Bart is he gets a D minus and uh, barely doesn't fail.
0: I could tell you like one frustrating thing about watching the Cosby show outside of the obvious, but before we knew that when I was watching it like in the early 2000s, uh rewatching it, it the weird thing about the show was compared to the Simpsons, the parents were always right. Yes. They were never wrong. Mm-hmm. And it was so uh. it was such a like specific perspective like maybe Cliff would fuck up and cheat on his diet or be a goofus or whatever but the mom was always right Mm -hmm. like that never changed so it was cool to see on the show like this like oh parents are fallible
4: unrelated i just wanted to bring it up uh the animating of the sharpie backward sharpie marks on the paper as Mm. bard is crying and you see like the f and all the x's and stuff like that is like fucking like amazing like that's above and beyond for this animation Oh, animated yeah. show. Like, <laughs> you, you, even when it's for just very subtly, you see the F and the X's, like when he starts breaking down and shit. I
1: uh oh but yeah, the uh, the the Cosby thing you're talking about too, Bob, I'm reading that and the 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 framing of the shows against each other in those articles from 1990 and the things cosby's quoted is saying in there of just like he wanted he it fully was like a certain sense of conservatism of like he wanted to go back to like father knows best it's not jokes about how dad is wrong anymore it's about yeah. how dad knows better than you and you ultimately have to say no you were right dad like that was what like theo or lisa Bonet or who else like would have to say to him and
0: uh, in those articles we were passing back and forth he was reacting to criticism as, uh, as people were saying you know like this is not what an american family is like mm-hmm. this is not what the black experience is like how are you going to address these you know concerns and questions about your show
1: all right but so then bart in fact does not get an f in this final scene
2: Oh, now I know how George Washington felt when he surrendered Fort necessity to the French in 1754. What? Oh, you know 1754, the famous defeat to the French. Oh.
3: My God, Bert, you're right. So? You just demonstrated applied knowledge. And due to the difficulty and relative obscurity of the reference, you deserve an extra point on your exam. Hey, it's only fair. Uh, you mean I passed? Just barely. <gasps> <gasps>
2: I passed! I got a D-minus! I passed! All right! I passed! I passed! I passed! I passed! I got a D minus! I passed! I got a D minus! I passed! I got a D minus! I passed! I, D-. I passed! I, pass. I, pass. I Kiss the teacher.
4: We're proud of you, boy.
2: Thanks, Dad. A part of this D minus belongs to God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, I also think that was a late retake, those last five seconds. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Do you think it ends with, I uh, kissed the teacher, and that was the end? I think yeah. so. I think
1: he's supposed to be, like, spitting over the credits or whatever, like, which that also is just a very like i don't know that's a saturday morning ending too like i think it's kind of weak of just like a petui. like he's not saying a petui uh, a yuck yo but it's it's all but that but uh, his his reaction is fun i like i also like that edna finally gives him a break that she's just like you know what fuck it yeah here's two extra points you don't fail
0: there are some like when bart is running outside there are some really awkward shots of characters like looking over at him including mm-hmm. like one of skinner like sort of apprehending cool martin oh yes yeah. he's spray painting uh, I am a wiener
1: that's great and,
0: uh,
4: but yeah, that's what I, happened to Martin he, he he felt the consequences of being a, a cool
0: kid and was like
1: this isn't worth it
0: I guess that explains yeah. why he's back to regular Martin
1: Skinner <laughs> scared him straight after that yeah mm-hmm. and and I also love the animation of like Not just Bart's happy celebration, but also the way he like kind of almost prances with joy over the uh, the desk, like jumping from desk to desk. That's great, but I think I my feeling is that last shot came in late because it ends enough with Bart celebrating and that shot of him on the snow with lit from the back, like that's an end of episode shot too. But I think they realize, like, well, it's not a complete emotional journey for Bart if he can't prove it to his family. And it's a more rewarding thing that like, Oh, Bart finally gets to put something else on the fridge. And it's a D minus surrounded by A's from Lisa, which is still, (laughs) it's, it's a, it's success in defeat kind of moment for reaffirmed
0: his faith as well. Yeah. I like on the commentary, recorded 18 years ago I think Silverman's like you're stuck there for 13 more years pal and I'm like you guys are in season 33 if you I get know. renewed
1: yeah we're well, I mean we're about to do the 250th episode of the show too in a couple weeks and thinking of that as like yes one third of the show is done with that episode <laughs> uh,
4: talking Simpsons is almost over
1: <laughs> uh, and yeah that uh, that uh, shot of them the final shot of them at the fridge that's just the game over screen from Bart's Nightmare uh, but yeah I think it is a it's a pretty all right episode that's really well animated and I think it's the perfect one to come back from a summer of Bartmania to truly to take us into the basically 12 weeks going up to Christmas that will also include the mega launch of the four times platinum Simpson sings the blues it's uh there this was a big episode to go with and I I Absolutely understand why they didn't start with the Homer gets his hair back or. Mr. Burns is, uh, is the, the Mr. Burns-centric episode. You know
0: <laughs> They were so excited about Burns. Yeah, I mean, it's not the best season 2 episode, and it is the most viewed uh, for a lot of reasons, but I, I really think like, uh, there's not uh, as many jokes as there would be later in the season, but it is such a step up above uh, season 1 in terms of art and writing. Mm. Uh, they really are figuring it out, and it's going to be fun to see this evolve uh, over the course of our revisit to season 2. I've been uh, finding so much new stuff. It's great to put it in context as to everything that's been discovered since we did those episodes
4: yeah it, this is a solid episode for me like he, he got a d i think i should give him an a give this episode an a <laughs> oh, uh, it just is one of the ones that kept like i saw a lot in syndication and so it, it was always a nice episode to revisit kind of like um uh the one where homer and Smith, uh, burns are stuck in a cabin like i saw that in syndication a lot <laughs> where it almost just felt a little numb trying to re-watch it, 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 it in any kind of way but like Oh man, it's it's a solid ass episode in my
1: opinion. I yeah, I will say this was like the earliest. If I were to watch syndication or put my tapes in, this is as early as I'd go in the show. I wouldn't want <laughs> to. I uh, for the longest time until the DVDs came out, I basically never put in my season one tape. Once season two was it was getting recorded in the house, like but and. And also, with something going back those season two DVDs, and like, Dude, I gotta go through this whole menu. Oh, huh? the Just menu! Terrible.
0: <laughs> they make you uh, watch that the fucking head swirl around four times
1: every time.
0: <laughs> I don't have oh,
4: a- you DVD having suckers.
0: <laughs> those dvds are the ones i'm popping in are like 18 years old so i'm like oh you didn't rot yet thank you bless <laughs> yes, you <laughs>
1: that's true but yeah a, a great start to season two with a great guest hey yeah. thank you
0: casey can you tell everybody out there what you're working on now and where they can find and support you
1: uh i'm i'm still
4: working on the usual stuff from last time i was on here uh back my comic back that i uh write and my friend anthony clark draws from bear tato and, and, and whatnot is coming uh, closer to an ending than it has uh, six months ago than you last heard so <laughs> you can check out backcomic.com i'm doing stuff on twitter once in a while uh mm. tumblr man just go to caseygreen.com.com and you can find all that stuff and uh yeah and more
1: i uh, recently just drew the classic tiny Toons character fifi lafue as i recall <laughs>
4: I started, yeah, I started to do some portraits of uh, uh, in black and white and stuff, and I got kind of stuck on doing some uh, uh, furry babes. Once they once they announced the the re the reboots of like Tiny Toons, Animaniacs, uh. etc., I just had that thought and was like, oh, why don't we just go weird with some old cartoons? Hulu. So, do you, I do have a, a you can you can just go to with dot com, and that'll take you to like. My Tumblr page, which pretty much works as a kind of just a a catch-all for everything I'm doing right now. Comics, art, whatnot.
0: We can all agree Minerva Mink gets her own series, though. (laughs) Uh,
4: I can't wait to see how horny she is in this new reboot.
0: She made that dog too horny. (laughs) That was the point of all those cartoons.
1: (laughs) Uh, My dog was too horny. (laughs) Getting away from this Mink. That wiener dog was standing at attention. Oh, Jesus. Uh, But thank you again, Casey. It's always great to have you on. No, thanks, y'all. Is is my pleasure. So thanks so much to Casey
0: Green for being on the show. Be sure to check out all of his stuff and as for us, if you want to check out more of our stuff and get all these episodes one week ahead of time and ad-free, please go to patreon.com slash talking simpsons. Sign up there for five bucks a month. You get everything behind the five dollar paywall we've made for the past three and a half years. It'll all be instantly available to you the second you sign up. That includes all of our limited miniseries. The most recent one was Talking Futurama Season 2 Part 2. That was nine new episodes of Talking Futurama to wrap up the year of 2020 and there will be another miniseries coming in 2021 in the spring and in the fall so you want to stay on that tier to hear both of those and everything we've done before today and also if you want to join at the $10 level at patreon.com talking simpsons you get all the $5 stuff naturally but also access to one mega long podcast once a month just for patrons of that level or
1: higher and what is that henry bob is talking about the what a cartoon movie podcast where we cover a different animated feature film each week you know on the free feed just last week you got to hear a full one of those our iron giant one where we talked a lot about its connection to the simpsons if you want to hear the entire back catalog and the brand new one that's coming out in january you need to sign up at the ten dollar level at patreon.com slash talking simpsons recent one includes you'd also hear december's one which was for the end of evangelion that anime classic wallace and grummet curse the where app at the month before that and a huge back catalog otherwise so please sign up at the ten dollar level to get everything super cool at patreon.com slash talking simpsons
0: as for me i've been one of your hosts bob Mackey. you can find me on twitter as bob servo and my other podcast by the way is retronauts it's a classic gaming podcast about old video games find that wherever you find podcasts or go to patreon.com slash retronauts sign up there for two bonus episodes every month henry what about you
1: Follow me, Henry Gilbert, on Twitter at H E N E R E Y G. I'm sure I'm going to be having some more fun into 2021, and you need to pay attention to me there. Please pay attention to me. <laughs> also, you should follow on Twitter the official account of this podcast and our sister podcast, What a Cartoon. I'm talking about at Talk Simpsons Pod. At Talk Simpsons Pod keeps you up to date whenever new podcasts come out, whenever new things happen on the Patreon, whenever there's news about a poll or the schedule, or whenever there's like a sale on our shirts at uh, Public. There's so many cool things you will only know if you are following at Talk Simpsons Pod on Twitter. Thank you so much for joining us, folks. We'll see you next time for season 12's
0: Treehouse of 411, and we'll see you then.
2: It's so unfair, just because he's different. Well, time to hit the books.
5: (laughs) Burning the candle at both ends, eh, boy? Go get him.